This is Corn Stars, part of the Herpetoculture Network, with your hosts Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics and Chris Painshap of Badlands Herpetoculture. Enjoy. All right, we did it. We did it. We are uh, we're back. This is a special Sunday episode of uh, Corn Stars, episode twenty one, which is brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. Check them out. Chris, have you gotten your black box stuff yet? I have my black box stuff. I have uh, my BioG and my XR twenty rack. Uh, waiting on a few things to be able to set them up, moving around some stuff in the room. Uh, but I am blown away as somebody who works in engineering and manufacturing and fabrication. Uh, the quality of these items are their next level. Uh, you know, I've always harped on other brands and how happy I was with them. Uh, getting these things in my hand, you guys aren't joking. This is this is extremely quality, uh, extremely quality products. It's, what do you put in the biology? Nice. I'm going to be doing my pair of. Uh, I I don't know if it's going to be big enough. I'm going to see how they do. But I have my pair of uh, North Carolina. Uh, Foothills corns, because uh, okay. they're little, and, and you know next yeah. year they're going to be four. I've cohabbed them since they were, I, since I got them from Montrose. Uh, I mean they're less than three foot long, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to cool them this year, uh, so I'll probably set the the bio G up uh, while they're in brumation, and uh, when they come out, and have them in a neat. I've got got some ideas on how I'm going to do the enclosure so that there's multiple levels, and I might yeah. may even do like a sub four kind of thing in it, um, with some uh, cut PVC. I'm going to cut some shapes on the water jet. Uh, at work and, and kind of see how it comes out. So I don't know. I've, I've got some really exciting ideas, man. But once I got it in my hands, I was like, I, I could do anything I want with this, right? It's like, such this a is, great size. It's a good it's a size. Great enclosure. That's one of my favorites. Like, that's what I've got yeah. half my rhinos in. And, yeah. uh, and I've kept condors in them. Um, it's just such a good size for stuff that doesn't get huge, but is also half arboreal or semi arboreal that's going to use that vertical space. Yeah. It's such a good size. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's not heavy. It's lighter than yeah. an Exoterra, yeah. right? Uh, an Exoterra of a similar size would be an 18 by 18 by 24, uh, same size product, but it is rock solid. Like I, I know for a fact I could drop it and it'd be fine. I mean, don't do that, but uh, I'm, I'm just super pleased with it. And, the, and, and again, the rack, uh, I got the one with coasters and two heat zones on it. Uh, yep. it uh, it's perfect. So. But you're still waiting on tubs for that, right? Uh, I yeah, I messed up. I thought I had enough tubs, and it turns out I don't actually know how to count because counting is hard. And I am from Texas, so uh, yeah, <laughs> it uh, it, it does not have tubs right now. But I do have tubs. Coming, Boy, so. I just I love the thing. I don't. The thing I appreciate the most about a, a good rack is if I can open the tubs from top to bottom, and it doesn't get difficult. The lower you go exactly or like, one's not slightly jiggly that's or right one's not, yeah consistency and being able to do it without spilling waters everywhere and stuff and and so far oh my, my god my that's the worst are yeah it's completely issue free on the very like the last two tubs of my xr16 those two do stick a little bit but that's because they're on carpet and i don't have them on a toe kick or on cast oh, so okay they're yeah. kind of sunken into the thing a little bit um but if they were off the off the carpet like that, they would without a doubt be just as smooth. But 
Man, I hate it when I there's nothing worse than getting a getting a rack that you just spill waters every time you try to open tubs or or you have it where it's tough to close on the back side, so you get the tub like seventy percent closed. Mm-hmm. And then you give it that real good shove to get stops. the rest away. And it spills the water and it's right when the snake shoves its head out of the tub. Yeah. So you're just afraid <laughs> that you're gonna decapitate little yeah. Mr. Noodle. Yeah. That's uh so yes, quality quality products are very, very nice. So I'm very excited to have these uh, moving into the collection here soon. Well, if you are interested in getting a rack or a cage, head on over to blackboxcages.com. Uh, use the code THN at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money. Right now, they are doing a giveaway on their page, so go uh, give them a follow on Facebook and Instagram and enter there. Um, I think there's a gift certificate or store credit. I'm not and en- I'm not entering it obviously because they're they're a sponsor, but let me double check real quick. I should have looked this up before. Uh, yeah, so a five hundred dollar gift card. Um, doing it now through the thirtieth. So go onto their Facebook or Instagram and do the necessary entry steps and uh, get yourself something nice. You can get some good stuff for five hundred bucks. Some of those BioGs that we were talking about, um, the XA3, which I have, that's basically two of those BioGs put together. It's a great size. That's what I keep my uh, persinum in. Um, yeah, so go give them a follow. And then JT and Mindy at Silent Hill Reptiles. Also, check them out, SilentHillReptiles.com. I need to, has he updated his for sale page yet? I have not seen it updated. No, I don't think so. Well, we're not entirely sure, but you should go check it out. Go and find out and let us know. Because I know he's got a lot of stuff. He's got to be posting some of it soon. Yeah. And I know that his, his breeding season already. starts. Yeah, his breeding season starts early, too. Mm-hmm. So he, he may be, uh, you know, he's up there in the uh, northeast area. Uh, so he's probably getting ready for either in brumation already. Because, uh, yeah, I think he pulls out in, like, December, right? Uh, December, January. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he, like, staggers it to where he has, like, one group that he pulls out earlier. That's and right. And group that he keeps sort of going into i guess the early part of of the next year but i know he definitely is has um done some earlier than a lot of other people i guess but when you have cooler and more consistent cooler weather like that up there he's in pennsylvania um i'm sure that makes it a lot easier than than where we are so i don't know so yeah give them a follow on instagram and facebook as well and then hop on over to fullviasapparel.com shameless plug Use the code THN at checkout. Hat. Well, THN listeners and viewers like you get 15% off your order. That code does not get posted anywhere else. That is exclusive to the audio and video that you are hearing and or watching. So uh, did a test print on a hoodie that I've not printed on yet. Uh, it's in the washer right now just to see and make sure it holds up because it is kind of a higher ratio of polyester to cotton, which usually make me a little nervous because digitally printing that's water-based ink and water does not stick to poly because poly is waterproof so um came home i, I washed it it's in the dryer i'm gonna pull it out and see how it handles <laughs> holds up and then uh i plan on getting some hoodies on the on the website here soon as well so awesome it is now cooling off officially at least here yes in actually getting some decent colder weather which is uh, unheard of this, yeah. this time of year. So even South Texas is nice. Yeah, we we cracked a hundred on Friday, but other than that, for the last week and a half, it's been in the high seventies. So it's actually calmed down a little bit. <sighs> I mean, we, we we have such sporadic weather here. We're gonna have super hot flashes and super cold flashes, but 
it's so nice to just have a be in the garage and not be dying. So yeah, I don't even have a fan on. Come on, y'all can't hear my fan this episode. I've got one on, but it's pointed. We just keep it on. I don't even think we bother turn it off anymore. Um, but it's it's existing. That's it. Uh, but we'll sort of jump right into stuff. I know we wanted to keep sort of the updates and stuff fairly brief because yeah. we want to uh, jump into it here with our guest this this round, which is Carol Huddleston of Low Belly Reptiles. Um, as far as updates for me, I don't really have anything new going on. Sort of getting some some meals into this latest clutch of the the hypo corns. Um, definitely going to start putting some of those up for sale at some point somewhere here within the next probably, well, I guess it'll have to be within the next like two or three weeks. Cause typically I don't ship from November until like mid January or mid November to mid January, just cause of holidays. Um, but if anyone has any interest, I mean, their head pied <clears throat> head annery, um, should produce some really nice stuff. I'm, I'm going to end up holding back a handful of them cause some of them have come out and been absolute they're pretty Lippers. Yeah, there's been They're some really snakes. nice ones. Um, especially that second clutch. There seemed to be a higher higher amount from that second clutch that I really sort of raised an eyebrow at as terms of like I might have to, to hold on to you for a bit. Um, the twins are actually doing really good too. Both of them ate. That's cool. So one of them is definitely a little smaller than the other one, but I mean, they're both completely healthy. Um, both of those were Tessera too, which I thought it would have been interesting if, if they came out and one was Tessera and one wasn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I had a pair of twins in, I think, 2019 that one was Tessera, one was not. And then last, last or this season, I had a pair of twins that were both not Tessera. So that's, it, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, my gosh, it's like a Doc Wyman question. It's like I'm not smart enough to know if they're supposed to both be identical. Uh, mine were, my, none of mine were identical twins. They were all slightly different. Oh, they'd be kind of cool if you get two different morphs in one, like an albino and a yeah. non. I don't, know. I don't know how that works. Uh, as far as my updates, everything's good. I last I hatched my last two eggs, which were leeches. Um, I'm so excited to not have any eggs to be checking. <laughs> uh, every, everything's chilling. Everything is. I'm doing cleaning. I'm going to be doing a, a little uh, trimming in the collection. I've got a few adults that I'm getting rid of. Uh, just, I've got to make room. I've got to figure out my life. I've got to fund another snake room or reptile room. That's turns out twice what I had originally planned on it costing. Uh, so we don't even know if that's going to happen now. I've, I've got to be, I make, I've got to make some smart decisions, uh, as to what I'm keeping and what I'm not, uh, every single snake with the exception of three alterna have eaten now, uh, those last three alterna I'm done trying. Uh, for the year, they just they just go into brumation, right? Like we're 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 so close, you know. My my Halloween's my cutoff for feeding. Um, yeah, they're, uh, it's they're crazy, man. I feel like we just turned off the incubator and stuff, and we're already sort of gearing up. We to did slowing down on we did on feeding and get everybody <laughs> prepped for for cooling and stuff. Yeah, here next you know month. Um, I mean, I, I've I've got wild. males that probably are only getting one more meal. I've got females, maybe two or three more meals on the corns mm -hmm. and, and kind of uh, Leonis and Alterna and uh, some of the Pitchovis will get fed a little heavier before brumation just because their metabolism uh, usually uh, makes them a little, a little, a little, they'll lose a little bit more weight. Right. Uh, so I want, I want to make sure they, they, they keep, stay healthy. Uh, but other than that, man, it's so nice. <sighs> it's it, now I'm just cleaning and feeding, which is like the best. I'm not worrying about getting babies to eat. I'm not worried about, you know, this and that. I'm not bringing any animals in. Uh, I'm not shipping anything out. I don't even know if I'm going to sell anything. I've probably got 
50 snakes available, but I'm just going to wait. Uh, right now, the market's not in the place. I'm not going to wholesale everything. Uh, market's got, been a little rough. Uh, I've got a show in February and one in March, uh, so I, I can hold out till then. Uh, it's been good. It's cool. Well, it's if, you need, if you end up needing more to sell at that show, you let me know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how they go. Uh, but yeah, other than that, we are we are so excited uh, to have Carol on. Um, this is somebody that we've been talking about since we started recording this show. Uh, somebody whose collection we're, we're enamored with. Uh, sounds like the ethos of their collection uh, is something that we're, we want to learn more about. Uh, and so, so uh, Carol, welcome, welcome on to the show. Thank you. And thank you so much for uh, making provision for ascending. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no oh, yeah. Problem. No problem. We try uh, to be as flexible as possible. Yeah, I know uh, the zombie. So the zombie thing we will get into, but that has been probably one of the most requested <laughs> things people have asked us to cover. And I think really the only person that can do any any backstory on those justice is you. Yeah. So we're really I know I'm really anxious to get into that. I know we've had a lot of other people. Oh, yeah. We've been very interested to, to know more about that, that gene in particular. I, um, I think we all have them now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think everybody we know has them. They're they're they're, they're wonderful. Should. They're really cool. Well, uh, well, Carol, why don't you tell us a little bit of your as much as you want to tell us, or, or not as little as you want, really? Uh, your start with reptiles and maybe what along that path led you to corn snakes. Um, I always was a all animal person. I was never like a snake person or uh, reptile person. I I love snakes. I love turtles. I love cats. I love dogs. I love horses. So. I just, I was always really shy person, even when I was really young. So I was always kind of drawn towards any kind of animal because they're much more <laughs> easy to hang out with, in my opinion. You know, you just hang out and be cool and you don't have to say a lot, just uh, be there. So if it was an animal, I loved it. And I always had hobbies that kind of circled around animals. And, um, when we was a kid camping, we we're camping on the Russian River in California, and nice. we happened, we uh, we caught a little garter snake. Me, my dad, and my sister. And back then, back in the day, the Happy Meals in the summertime, it was like a sand bucket. Your Happy Meal came in a sand bucket, and it had like a sand sifter uh, on the top. Yeah, I think I remember those. Do you? Okay, so yeah. And it fit really nice, so <laughs> we were like, perfect. You know, we're just gonna stick it in the Happy Meal box. And uh, keep it and not tell mom until we're almost home. <laughs> yes. So that's what we did. You know, we're probably, you know, three hours into the drive, like an hour left to go. And so we start telling, hey, do you want to see my snake? <laughs> and of course, he's like, what? What? We're always like, well, what are we going to do? We can't, we're not going to go right. back. We can't release it here. It's not a natural habitat. It won't survive. So, oh, darn, we have to keep it. <laughs> criminal entrapment i love it. i know <laughs> and she really was like she put up with so much from me like bringing animals home all the time so um we had that one for a long time and of course even of course when that one escaped she was the first one to find it poor oh, woman was like <laughs> every time <laughs> she went for like days like every time she put her shoes on every time she opened something she's just like looking <laughs> And finally, we just heard, like, Carol, <laughs> come get your snake. Oh, man. So um, we had that one for a long time. And then um, it eventually ate a goldfish backwards. And it didn't survive that. 
Oh, wow. And um, it's kind of crazy because the goldfish that didn't get eaten that were, were left over from that, like, they lived to be like 20 years old. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got another pet from that. And then um, corn snakes, I was in my early 20s and I had a friend who worked at a pet store and she just said, oh my gosh, you have to come and see these baby snakes. They're so adorable. And I went, and of course, when as soon as I had one in my arm and wrapped around my wrist like a little bracelet, I was hooked. That's awesome. What kind so, of cars were they? Do you, do you remember? My Yeah, my first one was a creamsicle. Oh, wow, and yeah, he, nice. He lived long, like a long time, at least 20 years. I It was only a few years ago that he passed. Um, so I had him and the whole family loved him. I had a really, my son was really young at the time and, you know, we would hold him all the time and play with him. And I thought, you know what? I have a big display uh, tank. So I was like, oh, I'd love to have another one. And I, I talked to the pet store and there, you know, I had no idea there was like an online presence of anything. So I just went to the pet store for my info. So I was like, okay, can I keep two together? And he goes, oh yeah, you can keep, I'm like male, male, female. He goes, oh, you can keep whatever you want together. Because the males aren't fertile unless you brumate them, <laughs> which <laughs> was not accurate. So I got a, um, my second snake was from Don Soderberg um, at South Mountain. And I was just too new at the time to think to ask him for his opinion. I just got a um, second one and put her in the tank and they loved each other. They got along fine. There, I never had any issues with it until the breeding. Um. But actually, too, and <laughs> we were like, I love them so much. I was like, after they were like kind of together and living together for a while and doing well, I'm like, I was looking at the Miamis and already by Snake 3, I'm like, I love these Miamis. I'm like, okay, just one more. I'm going to just get <laughs> one more. I'm going to get a Miami because I love them. And uh, so I got a hypo Miami from Don Soderbergh. And not knowing anybody, I put him in the same tank with the others and he like instantly like, hated it so uh you know you i put him in with the others and he was like stepping on a packet of ketchup he just squirt away and wanted to get out uh. so i'm like okay he's not into it. these two are into it he's not into it so i got him his own tank right away in his own little setup and then i saw him you know a year later my I saw my two breeding and i'm like okay that's interesting you guys are so funny because you're not even fertile <laughs> with my knowledge <laughs> i was like whatever guys and then it came really apparent that she was gravid you know she definitely had eggs and um so she got four out and unfortunately she did egg bind because she was really young and really little and um so i was super bummed about that and that's where i like, really really started going online and and there wasn't a lot you know there was still kingsnake.com and i don't think when i started corn snakes wasn't up yet it was just the king snake forums mm -hmm. and um I'm like, well, I got these four eggs. What am I going to do with them? So I started just doing the research and hatching them, you know, to incubate them and get them just right. And of course, um, same year, my friend got married in uh, England and we were part of the wedding party. So they paid for us to go out to England to be in her wedding. And wow. of course, that was right when my eggs were due. <laughs> every time, every single time. So my very first clutch of eggs, I didn't get to see them hatch. Um, and going back to my parents, you know, they, they came over and they were so sweet. I'm just like, okay, I have these eggs now. <laughs> They're probably going to hatch. You know, if you just put a water in there and don't do anything and I'll deal with them when I get home. And 
of course, I'm talking about them with updates. And I, even my mom was like, oh, they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like their cute little faces are adorable and she's not really, you know, a snake person, but she like had to admit that they're really adorable when they come out. So It's funny you say that cuz uh out of all the stuff that I've I've had and stuff over the years, my mom has always had a soft spot for corns. Like that's the one that she's always interested to hear about her corns. Yeah, she loved them until I got a million of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "You're oh, when are you going to get rid of those snakes?" Oh, all the time now, but um she still does appreciate looking at them and how cute and pretty they are. But from there, I just got on the forums and, and wanted to like help educate other people like me. I didn't want them to go through the same thing, but also like I loved having the babies that I wanted to do more. So I was just soaking up. And that was like, first clutch was like 2001. Okay. And then I just went from there. Have you consistently bred corn since then? Mm-hmm. Yep, I just slowly but surely add a little bit more, add a little bit more, add a little bit more, and start having different focuses. But I always, I mean, I think I started with Miami right away. Nice. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of tenure, and that's that that's good. So uh, some of these questions are going to be. How awesome. do you, yeah? I mean, I guess the the question that I have because this is something I struggle with too is just like how do you stay focused on on a handful of certain projects with the amount of options there are in corns like. That's the thing that I find. Like, I need to downsize, and I'm, I'm very much into Castagna, and that's, that's what I really want to want to put a lot of focus on. But I'm tying it into some other stuff. But to think of like, if I were to downsize right now, there's so many things that it's like I probably should move. But I just, I'm really interested to see what can be done with it as far as the other stuff that I've got. So it's like, how do you, how do you really stay focused and narrow it down to, to that kind of? I had to. I had to learn. It was kind of hard on my end because when I came in, a lot more things were coming on the scene. And at that time, you it was kind of feasible to have every morph <laughs> when I first mm -hmm. started. It wasn't that out there. And so then, of course, everything you eventually, every morph, even if I didn't like it in the beginning, after seeing it a while, I would like start to appreciate it. And so my co collection grew and grew and grew. And then finally, as the more mor morphs came, um, you realize, okay, I just can't keep them all. Yeah. And it's hard. It's still like not not an answerable question. Like who do you pick and who do you don't? But of course, Miami's have always been my favorite. So that's always um, been in the forefront. And then what I've had in the background is, is always changing. I just, you see those, you know, people in the hobby that they have like three morphs or so that they're just completely laser focused on and they, they don't stray from that. And I'm always, I've always been sort of jealous of their ability to do that, but there's just too much cool stuff. To be I'm extremely to... jealous of that. Oh, It's I'm hard because when you get rid of some animals to make room for some new projects. And then a couple of years later, like maybe your projects didn't turn out exactly how you want. You're like, dang, I shouldn't have sold those ones that were like way, you know, better for that path. So I've had that happen many times over where I'm like, oh, those animals, I shouldn't have got rid of them so early because I wanted this new morph. And now there's 20 other people having new, this new morph and it would have been better to keep those. So it's kind of impossible. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you ever worked with, kept or bred any other species outside of corns? Um, yeah, we've had lots. We've had, um, I had cave dwellers because I love cave dwellers, yeah. but I didn't want to keep them. And yeah. And I had big display tanks and we, I just got really busy with work and the pair and they're almost breeding size, but they always love to 
poop in their water bowl and I would come home from work and I thought because they were out in the front like the whole house would smell because until I got it and bleached it and dealt with it and I was just working too much and I'm like I just don't want to come home <laughs> to this yeah. anymore and I've got I had my hands full of corn projects that I had and I'm like you know this is something I can always get back into later and so it's the worst up- laid plug-in on the market <laughs> sorry yeah, don't put them out in your living room for display animals. Keep them in a snake room somewhere or have a small water bowl. But um, we had MBKs for a long time, and I always loved them. And at the time when I was having them, I don't know why you could not sell those things for $50 on the West Coast. No one wanted them. And I, I couldn't understand why because they weren't that aggressive. They're amazingly beautiful, and they would just sit on my table. And so finally I... I just stopped breeding them because there wasn't buyers for them and got out of them. And now, now they're like $200 a piece. <laughs> yeah. And then like 2017, 2018, they just yeah. quadruple in price. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm growing up a, another pair. They might breed next season. If the male gets nice. big enough not to get eaten, the female's ready. The male, I just want to make sure he's like big enough to at least uh, stand a chance. Yeah, all the good, um, good ton of stuff I breed, I'm always like watching it. I'm like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do the thing? <laughs> There's always a chance. Super fun. Yeah, there is. So uh, if he gets big enough, then I'll have another go at him. But if not, even just the pair, they don't take up too much room. And I really enjoy them. So I have those. Um, we used to have um, the Baird's Rad Snakes, which is another yeah. thing. I, they're amazing. I they're love them. Amazing. They don't sell on the West Coast so well. Um, Especially, you'd have to bring a, a adult animal. I think as, adult. as babies, they're just, yep. you know, everybody's like, oh. You cannot take bears and not have adults and expect to, to, to sell them. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to get back to, into those someday when I have more time and there's more room in the collection. And I do have Thai bamboo rat snakes. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, they didn't, I didn't breed them this year, but I, I have I have a couple. Captive bred, like been captive bred for a long time. And then I have some F2s that I'm growing up from Sarpa Mitra, if I'm saying yeah, that yeah. right. Matmos. Yeah. 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 So I have a pair from him. So I'm probably just going to cross those two lines. Perfect. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a group I've, I've wanted to get into as well. But my room's just too too warm, especially in the summer months, for, to, to pull it off. And, and my wife won't let me keep those in our bedroom where they would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, those are my only display animals right now are those ones because... Um, yeah, only there's certain spots in my snake room that can be cool enough, but not enough for how many I have. Mm-hmm. I think I only have like six, but still. So I have, I have two out here in my living room as display animals just to keep them cooler. They're what cool bears, too. What bears were you, were you working with when you were doing those? Any locality in particular? Or? You know, I wouldn't remember because that was probably about 15 years ago. Okay. I just had a pair that I liked, you know? Yeah. So. I love yeah, yeah, I I I was on the fence. I have a pair of uh Mexican uh beards, uh Nueva León from uh Fort Worth and uh to San Antonio Zoostock. They're really coming into that color. They're a couple years old. Uh heck this year they may be three. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh I was they were on the table, they were on the table of cuts. And then, like, even today, I was cleaning, and I opened up the tub, and I was like, oh. Yeah, dude, I was feeding mine yesterday over the tub. I was like, oh. Why? I had that same reaction. <laughs> it's just, 
Because you forget what they look like because you remember when you got them and they were little and maybe they yeah. were picky feeders or whatever. And then you, you're running through and you, you zip up in that tub and, oh, my gosh. Uh, and they're so big and they're so friendly. Like, they're, they're just so chill. At least the ones I had were just like puppy yeah. dogs. Yeah, I don't so. think people realize how big, like, that. they're for a panther ophis, like... They're not stocky like the yellow rats and stuff we have here, but they're like they are big, like they're long and they're thin. And like my adults are decent sized animals. I mean, they're you know definitely longer than a corn snake, even if they're about the same same girth as some of my males. But like, people don't realize like a, a well fed and well well kept bear's like that's a decent sized rat snake. That's not a, mm-hmm. not a small snake. Four four or five foot, right? Uh, I mean, I maybe more. My older adults are probably pushing closer to five, if not more. But, yeah. You know, just like we were talking about with Joe Rosa, like maybe the width of my thumb. Yeah. Like not, not big, you know, just long. That's my, my Chinese beauties. Every time I get them out, like after a shed or something, I forget that they're growing. And I'm, you know, they're, they're like this, they're like this big around and they're under a hide box or something. I'm like, ah, I'm going to take it out. And then it's like, oh, you're over a six foot snake. That's right. And then, and then they bite me. Like cool. Amazon Trebos, man, they just keep unraveling. <laughs> yeah, they just don't stop. Well, so uh, you know, the, what would you say the current state of your collection is? You know, you've talked about some of the other species, uh, but uh, as far as the corn snake front, uh, how many? How many? Or do you not know? Uh, some people don't don't know. I don't know. Uh, I a, prefer a not to know. I prefer not to know. But do you have kind of a ballpark number of what you keep, maintain, and breed every year? Um, my adults. Let me do some quick. I think. I probably have 60 to 80 adult slots in my rack. Maybe closer to 60. Nice. Um, and that's, I have no room for expansion. So that's, <laughs> once those slots are filled, if my whole bags get you know, big enough or I buy an adult, which I don't do so much anymore, but if my adult, you know, if I have to move somebody up, somebody has to go. So it kind of keeps it limited, but I'd say probably around. 60 to 70 adults in that Solid room. Number, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, Probably that's more a, than I should. That's a, that's a potential <laughs> for a lot of babies. Yeah. It, I work full time and I have a lot of other things that I'm into. So it gets, it's rough. It's already like right now I can usually handle it. But as I told you, like the last year, our family has been going through all kinds of stuff and it's just been, I it kind of, you never think about that. Like, if you max yourself out, what if there's, you know, a disaster happens or something really big happens? What are you going to do? Yeah. So now that's kind of more in my mind frame where I have some wiggle room. I always yeah. have some wiggle room going forward now that um, I've experienced it, especially the last six months. I didn't have time to, you know, you, when they're brumating and you don't have so many babies, you kind of concentrate on what you want to do and who needs to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have time for that this year. So now <laughs> I have... A lot of holdbacks and animals that needed to go, and then the market's not great right now. But so I don't want to let go of them for nothing. Yeah, yeah I just have a ton of animals right now from that kind of fallout, like double doozy. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm like, please Sunday. Like everyone I, I that we talk to, even in like within and outside of our our friend group and stuff that we talk to on a regular basis, I feel like everyone is in that position right now. Like everyone mm-hmm. I know that is breeding on you know anything other than like single pairs or something like everything everyone's just like really loaded down with animals and like no yeah. one's buying yeah i am i am i'm 
made over 200 babies this year. I am breeding a ton less, way less next year. Way, way less. Yeah. It's just, I'll, I'll still be, I'll be, I'll still be selling this year's snakes next year, probably. I just, See, but I'm, that's, I'm, that makes me wonder though, with that is like, yeah. is everyone else going to think that? And then is that going to cause like a vacuum next year? Yeah, I, I go in the same circle or will that have people that don't care so much that just came on the scene, give them more runway with it too. Yeah. So I like, I keep thinking and I just go in a circle and I really can't decide which is, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is better. I, th- I think the best thing with that is is for for me, I'm going to do what's going to be the most reasonable for my time. I, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I work, you know, sixty hours a week, 50, 50 to sixty hours a week. I got a kid that I, me and her do a lot together, and I've got a ton of other hobbies, which is probably pretty dumb of me. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a very hobby centric person. Me and my wife like to travel. I love traveling, so it's like I can't. You know, this year I thought I was like, man, I'm going to make all these cool things. They're going to fly off the shelves. It's going to be real easy. And, and I'm one of those people. I don't like wholesaling stuff. I don't, I don't like the idea of it. Uh, it makes me feel like I'm, I mean, it, it's necessary in certain situations. And of course, there's always a discussion to be made to, to have it happen. But I'm one of those people that's like, well, I, I, I also just can hold back everything and just keep all these mm-hmm. things, right? Like I could, I, I could <laughs> keep all these, you know, 32 leopard geckos that I had because I've only sold one. <laughs> Then I'm like, I'm going to keep these leopard geckos with my daughter, and we're just going to have leopard gecko time three times a week. And it's, you know. <laughs> I have no issue wholesaling, but my concern is always like, if I'm sending these animals out wholesale, like, is the level of care that they're going to get going to be worse? And know. yeah, I mean, you really can't think about that kind of stuff because, yeah, hey, once they, once they get in that box and FedEx has them, like, there's nothing you can really do about it. But yeah, that's just something I do keep in the back of my mind when I'm, I'm considering wholesaling and, being a little more picky about who they go to, I guess. Um, That's kind of face the same situation at shows too. Sometimes too. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's you get kind a lot of, of a... families that come up and just grab a snake and say, "I'm buying this one." And yeah. You don't know. Yeah, and you can't say no, or I mean, you can ask, "What do you, you know, do you know, keep it in this and that?" But you still don't know. Yeah. Um. Just try not to think about it and just kind of yeah. Know, just assume it's doing great somewhere out there right now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I had, I hold soiled some a few years ago and it, I'm always sensitive because I had some non-feeders and I was so busy and I just didn't have time to work with them. And so at the beginning of the show, I had them on my table at a super discount, like with explanation, I can't get them to eat. Good luck. They're this price. And one of the other vendors came and grabbed them all. And then the next day I'm browsing the show and he's got them on his table. <laughs> mm, that sucks. That was awful. That really and sucks. I was yeah, like early enough and young enough in the green. I'm like, and and someone had always been at the shows and always been a big, like, you know, the big what do you call that? The center, like the four table, mm-hmm. huge spot. So I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to cause trouble, but that's messed up. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. At least do that like three shows later or two shows yeah. later, or something. Like yeah, that. and then he did. They weren't labeled as non feeders, of course. So yeah. it that just really stuff like that really bothers me because then you know you have this kid that might be getting their first corn snake that is just going to have his heart broken yeah that would that would leave a bad amount that Mm -hmm. might end the the hobby for that kid you know what i mean oh yeah i got a snake but it didn't really eat Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i i hear that all the time on the table like oh yeah i had a corn snake but this and that and and it's kind of hard for me because there's so many wholesale type breeders at the shows where i go to I'm like, I kind of want to just put advertise that, yeah, this is everything I have on my table. I hatched myself, and I know it's eaten. 
yeah. at least five meals. But then it's like, how do you do that and not piss other people off too? So yeah. And then they're just going to do it anyways. They're going to put the same yeah. thing out there. Right. They don't yeah. And some people are just going to go for the lowest price tag, no matter what. And what are you going like to do? Think that, that natural selection is, is a thing economically in that regard where like the people that are really True. know what they're shopping for and what they're looking for are going to go to the right people for that kind of stuff. And then unfortunately there's going to be the people that are just going to want to sort of appease their, their child or whoever and, and get whatever the, the absolute cheapest, you know, uh, baseline option is and, and roll with that. And it's just like, it's, it's statistically, there's always going to be those groups uh, in some number. Yeah, maybe the ones that even if that happens to them, if they really loved it, they're going to do the research to find out, okay, what happened here? What what, what can I do better next time? Hopefully. So we see, it, see it in green trees a lot. A lot of people get, you know, they see the, the $350 Bioc on a table and get it, and it makes it maybe a month, and then they realize, okay, well, if I had spent double that and gotten something that was, that was captive bred and, and considerably less of a headache, I could have circumvented all that, all that frustration and heartache and maybe that's a lesson that you just something everyone's got to learn at one point or another but you know yeah. that was my experience i got a green tree back in like 2007 i think and it it lasted all of uh, about a month and i was like i'm never keeping these things again yeah. this was horrible you know just dropped all this money room. on it and died and now i've got about a you know a million of them and i can't get yeah, out so you have a whole room full of them and you're <laughs> like I need, I need more more i love the pain it hurts so good. Oh man! Well, well, let's 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 talk a little bit about these these beautiful corn snakes. Uh, you know, we'll we'll kind of just start with uh, the, the the Miami phase. Uh, maybe we call it a phase. Maybe we call it a locality. Maybe we call it a phenotype. Uh, what 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 is it about the Miamis uh, that that led you specifically to that phenotype? I just love the coloration. I just love that red, gray, and silver, and the contrast in them. I mean. The more I'm into corns, the more I like really like other things. Um, I kind of like everything over time, but I, those have just always been my favorite. I don't think I, to, in my mind, that's the most beautiful corn there is. Very pretty animals. Yeah, very, very pretty. Especially some of the, the morph combinations, and of course, we're going to get into some of the projects that you have. Uh, it's 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 hard to beat a Miami corn snake. Yeah, the contrast and the colors, and I'm, I always love the red in them too. I am a I am addicted to contrast with color, so like for me, like Alterna are like it right yes. is mm -hmm. is that kind of same steely gray, uh, the, the the bright pop of color, and, and Miami's really uh, yeah. I mean, I love that. Arizona. I love Arizona Mountain Kings too, but I've just green um, course things are easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. They definitely are. They're not always. They are not. Yeah, always. I have not always, but... snakes that are not gonna eat that are gonna be pissy that are. You know, I know, and especially don't ever write keeper on their bin before they've eaten like five times because it's like the kiss of death, <laughs> right? Is, <laughs> isn't that it's like the prettiest one hatches out? Bro. Yeah, oh, I have one right now, and I've like I've gone through the whole and I did put keeper from the very beginning, and I've gone through like at least 12 different things that have always one of the 12 have always worked, and she just nope. So I don't See, know, I, I might send her. For me, they're all keepers, right? There you go. And then I just decide if I'm ever going to get off my butt and sell any. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just spend 12 hours a week just 
taking care of babies. <laughs> Dude, that's that's where I'm at with those those head castagna motleys that I got like all of them. Dude, they're badass. Yeah. The second time, and they're all looking so. Much. I'm like, I'm not getting rid of any of you. Like Daryl Camby got one from me, a couple, like uh, the beginning of the month, about two weeks ago. I met him in person, which was cool. Um, he's also in South Carolina. He's he's upstate, but he got one of those those uh, head castagnas and. Those things are looking good, man. Like I'm, I'm seriously very tempted to keep every single one of them. I'm kind of terrified too because they're so horrible in terms of like yeah. their strike and run and flip out and you know bolt onto the floor and take off and not those sit. The best sit. Ones. Dude, they're horrible. They're so Flame bad. I love those. So bad. Um, but damn it, are they pretty? Like, and, and, and the problem is why? Why do we love these stupid snakes that go through an orthogenic change, right? And that you're not 100% how they're going to look as adults. I mean, you have a good idea, you, you know, but then we start mixing and matching and we're like, well, I have no idea what these are going to look like. So now I've just got to keep all of them. So yeah. <sighs> it's tough. All right. So uh, Miami projects, you know, obviously we want to hear everything we can about the zombie line. Uh, I, I've got a pair uh, that I, I got from JT over at Silent Hill Reptiles. I've got a, a, a male uh, zombie motley and a female uh visual cinder uh zombie motley and they are some of my absolute favorite corn snakes um yeah i think even the cinders went the head even gets more gray than the others and it's so cool they are so cool to watch go through their ontogenic change they are strikingly gorgeous animals uh the male is going to be a a breeder this year i'm going to be putting him to a to a actually an a A male motley that i just love i have this girl uh, she's just for me, the perfect AML Motley, and I'm gonna plug him into her just. For, oh, I think I know, know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that that one I got all those. Oh. I, I was calling them like your know, bullet hole, or they're not hurricanes. Mm-hmm. They're like the little dots down the back. Uh, and she made some killer babies for me this year, uh, and I proved out what het she doesn't have, which is good. I think she is just AML and Motley, um, so she's gonna go to that boy, and I'm just gonna hopefully have a bunch of real pretty Motleys that are het AML and keep some of the. I'm gonna keep them all. I don't even know why I'm saying I'm gonna keep some of them. <laughs> I'll pro- those are some that I'll probably keep for like a year to see which ones are kind of going the direction. But yeah, tell- please tell us about the, the zombies. Those started with a, um, a cinder motley outcross, and I had crossed it to a Miami and F1. I and I, I really hate myself for selling these, those F1s because they were my favorite of all. They ended up being so because lots of zombies now. It, it kind of goes through the whole body. It, the, the head is mo- most pronounced or it, it fades, but a lot of the color and the saddles also fade over time. But my F1s had like the most faded head of all, but they still had that bright red Miami color. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. And um, I bred them for a couple of years and I had a few of their babies and my collection got big and I thought, well, I got the babies, you know, I'll be okay. But still, I s- still need to resurrect that red coloring back in it and maybe just have two lines keep the faded ones that fade because people like those too mm-hmm. and keep a line that has the zombie head but keeps the, the really dark colored saddles and the only problem with that is like i <laughs> i'm always stingy with my miami females <laughs> so like, i always want to breed them to another awesome miami to have the most perfect miami so i'm like oh, i don't want to backslide for a zombie project but i'm sure i will at some point do that so do- so we're we're both of the so the original zombies uh, they came from a cinder motley uh, to a Miami motley so it's always been inside the motley family. Um, 
It was in Miami. Yeah. I bred to in Miami, so I got um, and they were, you know, because of Cinder, they were very Miami-looking pet yeah. mollies, and yeah, just a few, and it wasn't. It wasn't all of them, so I kept the ones with the lightest heads back. So they didn't all. So I still haven't quite pinned down how that's inherited, and I'm hoping now the more people that have them and breed them, maybe we can figure it out because I just don't have the collection size to to test that out. Right. Yeah. And and it seems to have come. It just comes back in a lot of Cinder stuff anyway. So I'm sure Cinder probably has something to do with it. And so. Kind of like mass. Well, maybe it has something to do with the rest of the dilution too. I, who knows? I mean, maybe I think there's so many things going on with Cinder. Yeah, that there we is. Don't know. Cinder's a funky one, and then Cinder with yeah. other morphs creates even funkier things. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. the, the Cinder hypos are really neat. Uh, it, it's just it's such a cool thing to just throw into stuff, you know. It's yeah. it's again going back to to green trees. It's like the bioc of the corn world like you throw a little mm -hmm. beyond blood in there and it just really does some it's like throwing a blender into into things it just does all kinds of wacky stuff yeah yeah and i i think i was the first person outside of rich to have the first sender on accident <laughs> because he sold me a hit and didn't know it mm. and so and i read those animals before i even knew i had cinder in it so Cinder kind of just ends up in a lot of my stuff eventually. Because, because I, I, I guess the, the hat does have a, it's a visual phenotype, right? It's, it's, a, it's a lighter kind of more Miami-esque animal. Yeah, and I fought that belief so long and I finally <laughs> caved. <laughs> I finally caved. And then I'm, I don't even know why I fought it so long because how I ended up with it is I, I bought a, a beautiful Upper Keys animal from Rich and he, I think he advertised it as Upper Keys Miami. And she was just her Miami coloration wasn't that great, but her background, the silver was really nice. And she just had this crazy metallic look to her. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, that's going to be like, cool to look into my Miami lines. And I think I held back five. And of the five, I held back only one was not hit cinder. Okay. So I should have told myself, right? You know, that should have told me a long time ago that, yeah, you kept those, the better ones that looked better, like better Miamis. Yeah. And so that's probably why they were all Cinder because they were the better Miamis. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and I, we ended up having Amel in there, and I hatched the first peppermint from that group too. Nice. Another, oh, so you produced yeah, the first awesome. peppermint? Mm-hmm. Wow, awesome. Yeah, and when I hatched him, because Rich hadn't said anything about him at all when I had, and I had hatched him, and I was like, "What the heck are these? <laughs> They're definitely not charcoal. They don't look like Annery." Because anery yeah. are so dark, you know, they're like black. And these are cinders hatch gray. Yeah. And so I started posting on this forum, like, does anybody know what this is? You know, and it took a while finally he fessed up. Oh, yeah, I have like a, and in, in the beginning we called it anery C. Uh, you know, from anery okay. C to morph Z. Morph Z, and then, huh? Yeah, they called it morph Z for the longest time. They didn't know what to call it. And then it annoyed me because on that forum you couldn't search for like one letter. You know, it had so if uh, I wanted to search for stuff, you can search for Morphe. Yeah, and, that was, um, what they called it before they officially sort of, I guess, let people vote and call it Cinder. Is that what it? Yeah, I put the vote, and, and I probably shouldn't have. I mean, I probably was stepping. It should have been Rich's um, thing to name, but he <laughs> it, he was not taking. You know, he wasn't in any hurry to do it. It was. Just, I'm like, we can't do NRC. We can't do Morphe. Please call it something. And we just waited, and finally, I just put a poll on cornsnakes.com 
and people chose Cinder. So that way, because like I felt like, well, it's not me choosing it. Everybody else chooses it. Right. <laughs> and so the market chose Cinder. And then like as soon as we didn't Cinder, then Rich came out with Ashy. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like you waited, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna change it." Yeah, now he's at Ashy, and Ashy just never flew. Yeah, that's uh. a. I think I like Cinder. Cinder fits. <laughs> I think Cinder is fitting for some reason. It just with that look, it just works. Yeah, you know. Yeah, especially when they have the red. Uh, we're kind of getting away from that. That's probably another thing I'd like to see get back into. Is they used to have a ton of red at the base of the scales, especially the females, mm -hmm. and it seems like. They're getting more gray as time is going on. Yeah, because because it's to me, it looks the phenotype of a, a hypoerythristic animal, right? It is. It's not mm -hmm. the absence of red; it's the dilution and diffusion and and the reduction of red. Uh, yeah, and the peppermints are so pink compared to snow. So pink. Mm -hmm. so pink. Uh, my female zombie botley cinder is got that gorgeous pink red undertone in those scales and mm -hmm. I, you, you, first and foremost i don't know how you take pictures of these animals because yeah. i cannot <laughs> we talk about that a lot i cannot take a picture of a snake <laughs> to save my life animal. but that girl in person is beautiful she's 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 got everything that it takes to make me smile um, yeah so so yeah i i'm I, I, I mean obviously we all we all love all of these things um but, but yeah, that's cool. So, in, in in that realm, so you say you want to maybe try to get more red back into the zombie, or have you ever tried it with other uh, morphs? I haven't because I really don't have a lot of other morphs that aren't their own little project. Uh, I pretty much have like just strictly Miamis, and so like right now, I have to keep my project so limited because Miami does take up a lot, and that's fine with me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I have a couple of. And I don't know if anybody's come up with a name for them, but um, Peppermint Lavender. I have a project that's Peppermint Lavender um, Blood Red, even though we're not supposed to say Blood Red anymore. So I should say Peppender, Pepe, Peppermint Plasma Stripe. There we go. I said that it out. And they're striped. Yeah. So I have project animals for that. That's a lot. And <laughs> that's a lot. But I really do like the Peppermint Lavenders. They turn out... They end up completely white snake. Mm -hmm. Really? And unlike the unlike the blizzards and like palmetto, they're completely white snake with a like a blue hue to them, a, a lavender tone, where the other ones kind of have a little bit more warm yeah. tone. So I like how these animals are a little bit more cooler tone. So I have that project. I have um, Reverso Kitty and Reverso Kitty Motley, which is a never-ending project because someone said it can't be done, so I'll be working on it for 20 years. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the zombies and the weirdos. So it it's hard to mix them too much because I really I have to give up a Miami female to do it. Yeah. And so I I hold I held back a lot last year, a lot of Miami females. So maybe in a year or two when I really just have a ton of Miami females all I'll do it. Cause I've had years where I've had half the clutches go bad or we get slug and you never know what's gonna happen. And I always want Miami's. So I always just tend to, to breed them all. Yeah. If you were going to put more red into the zombie stuff, what would, what route would you go to do that? My, my reddest Miami male. Okay. Yeah. I do have a really nice Miami male that is 
he has a little bit of tan towards his neck, so he's not perfect, but his red is so deep mm-hmm. that he still earns his place as a breeder because it's the most beautiful deep red. So um, I'd probably use him. Nice. What happens? And, and, and I, I love, I love just hearing you talk about selectively choosing, even within the realm of morphs and phenotypes. Like, I'm going to add red by this, and it's going to create. You know, it's a, it's a years long project, right? This isn't a first mm-hmm. generation thing. It's a second generation. They may, 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 may see some signs of it in the first generation, but this is, you know, this is a six year project. This is a nine year project. This is a twelve year project. And that's what that's what's pretty amazing. That's you know I'm taking this this Amel Motley girl, putting her to the uh, zombie uh, male that I have, and he's God, he's gorgeous. He's perfect. He's got the deep not not super deep red, but it's bright red, and he's also super placid. Of all my corn snakes, he's one of the ones that goes in kids' hands first. Uh, and so putting him to her, I know that I'm going to get hets, but it would take a long time for me to ever get anything back to what you know you're, you're talking. <laughs> two to three, four generations to get it back to anything that's going to even remotely resemble the zombie uh, phenotype in an AML or, or even in, in, back to a normal. You never know, though. You never know. I'd much rather be lucky than good. That's also something I... Well, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, it's popped up in a lot of other lines that were not even, you know, can't be traced back to my line where the, the looks popped up, so... Yeah. My goal with that also is to hopefully see visually which ones are het sender uh off the bat you know what i mean because there's because he's het sender so there's a there's a small chance that i'll get a handful of het senders uh so i I hope i'm able to spot that and be like oh these are the ones that i want to hold back yeah it'd be a fun thing to test if you had the room to keep them all and test them all that's i'm gonna build a whole nother right (laughs) just buy a second house i'm I'm working on building a a 12 foot by 12 foot room to, and, you know, my wife is constantly like, Oh, it's just for like gaming. I'd play Warhammer. I do a lot of miniature tabletop gaming and painting. She's like, it's just for, for gaming. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's all it's for. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to get a mini split and be able to cut it down to 50 degrees during the winter. That's right. For, you know, I'm going to get a window just so that I have natural sunlight. I'm going to let UV the paint cure yeah. where it needs to, you know, yeah. play Warhammer, right. It's just play right. Warhammer. Definitely not for all the racks that I've ordered. <laughs> Awesome. Where does where does the weirdo stuff fall? Yeah, the weirdo stuff. Yeah. Zo- is it like in that same realm with the zombie stuff? You know, it was actually a completely separate happenstance. Um, that kind of, and I forget what came first. I was looking it up before the show, and then I didn't write it down. Um, but they were a few years apart. But the weirdo came from a milk. I had Rich Z had a milk snake phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which. Um, it's a different kind of Miami, as far as I'm concerned. It was you know, with the cool banded saddles and stuff. Yeah, I love. And that. so I have those. I have those as well. And um, I mixed those. Don had an amazing banded motley line that had like Miami's, hypo Miami's, Amels. And so I had Amel banded motleys from Don that I had crossed with a milk snake phase, and then that's where my first weirdo came out. Um, okay. And she just. Right away looked a little different than everybody else. So I, I kept her and every shed she just got lighter and lighter. And I had the baby picture. I, I pulled up the baby pictures and it was like, yeah, she definitely, even now looking back more than, I think she, poor girl's going to be like nine years old now this year. She's still, she's still bred for me, did great. Um, but she definitely looked different 
And the first few, I think I didn't breed her till she was four. And the first couple pairings, I didn't see anything different until I finally like crossed her son back to her. And now when I cross her son back to her, like they're almost all like 75% definitely weirdos, which I probably need to come up with a better name, but. No, oh, it's a great name. In, in the world of like ball python names where they're like bottle cap lid, highway, yeah. pavement stripe, <laughs> uh, si uh, construction sign. Like you call it whatever you want. I love, I love the weirdo name. Yeah. Because I think. VMS, who's not even around anymore, they had something else that they called weirdo that was a completely different thing. And then I think Don has a few that he calls weirdo. I mean, it's just natural when we had something different. We're like, okay, well, that's a weirdo. Yeah. yeah. So I have to chat with Don and see how he feels about it. Like, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the same weirdo as VMS because I know the, the VMS ones looked very different from... from that was like a pattern thing, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Odd. They almost looked buffish to me i don't maybe that was just yeah and the way they looked at i actually although now that i'm talking it out some of the milk snake phase motley's kind of look like his weirdos hmm. but yeah, i have the, to the, go back and... the weirdo does you know i've, I've seen your pictures I, I don't think i've seen anybody else with pictures of them uh it's it's so for for people listening it's it's kind of like a so they, they hatch looking typical to a Miami corn, right? There's They don't have a big phenotypic difference as hatch. They're just a little they? bit lighter. And they're, they're a little ugly <laughs> as hatchlings, honestly. And I think that's kind of, it's taken a while for it to take off. Like a lot of people were interested in, in them. And this year it seems like a lot of people. Now all of a sudden others that have finally took the plunge and bought them from me and grown them up. And now people are seeing what they look like. Now people are like forgiving how they look as hatchlings because they're very brown and gray. Um, but she just, yeah, from the others, she was just a little bit lighter and a little bit more brown, which doesn't make sense now because as an adult, she's completely cool toned, like silver gray with some pink and red. Yeah, kind of as the snake ages, as it goes through the ontogenic change. It kind of washes out, right? It, it yeah, starts... and you, we'll have to see because I lost, of course, I lost my best keeper last year. Because I'm like, okay, she's getting older. I better start keeping some instead of getting rid of them all. So I kept it really nice. I kept back two, and my favorite one escaped. And this year I'm keeping back even more. But I'm hoping the babies have, she always kept a really bright red orange eye, which okay. was gorgeous to see like a beautiful gray snake with, you know, a little bit of red at the base, almost cindery, but a little bit more red. And then her eyes were just, her eyes are just really glowing red, which I think is cool. And, and have you have you kind of made a determination whether it is uh, polygenics at play or or is it act like any of our kind of known Mandalorian, uh, Mandalorian oh my gosh, Star Wars, uh, Mandalorian <laughs> scale stuff? I haven't figured it out. I mean, there's got to be something to it that I, I didn't really hatch many when I bred her to other stuff until I brought her son back into her. Yeah. So, yeah, what I really need is as more people have them, they can help me with numbers because I just don't have the space mm -hmm. to work out the numbers. And that's one that you really have to watch them and keep them for a while. Mm -hmm. So I might try and talk to a good friend into keeping the one that hatched this year with the most red. Okay. See what happens with it. See if that one turns or if that one doesn't turn. So at this point, have you gone weirdo to weirdo? No. Okay. 
no, just her son, because her son is pretty red. I think I should have sent you guys some pics, but he, he's, he, he's got some faded saddles, but it's not the same. It's just like your normal red faded saddle Miami Molly. And so, I, I, what I want to do next year, and I, I probably only have one good year if I'm lucky out of her, is I kind of, and I've never been willing to do it, but I should, is just free to send to her to, her to prove that not. Oh, that it's not a sender. Or that a, it's, a well, no, I don't, I know she's not a sender, but I just don't know if cinders in it, but I've never, she's never produced any cinders. Mm, I got you. But I just want to know, just yeah. to be sure. I mean, since she's the original animal. It's, and it's tough when it's a female too, right? Like mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I've had a couple of things like that where it's like the female is the one that you're trying to prove out. And it's like, oh man, it's so much easier when this is a male. I can just plug them with five females and, and go from there. Yeah. Especially when I brought her to the Senate, she's making cool animals again. I'm like, okay, well, let's just get more of those into the world right. first. So it's taken a long time because it was kind of like a sleeper morph. You know, I didn't know what it was and then I couldn't reproduce it. And then finally when her son got big enough, then we have them again. So kind of just going from there now. See, Justin already wants to put it into Castagna because Castagna Absolutely. also starts out as one of, you just can't tell what it is when it hatches. It's kind of a doo-doo snake. And then it's one of the more beautiful, <laughs> uh, more beautiful ontogenic changes and goes into become a really, really gorgeous, uh, really special toned corn snake. So well, we're all going to have to get bigger tables so we can bring all the adults and, that's 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 promise it will look like this and then they're yeah. like okay crazy lady with at least castagna though you can wait for like those first like two sheds and that color you know that that nice blushing starts to come in at least a little bit and yeah they don't look like just an annery you know or a caramel or any of the yeah. other devoid of that when they hatch awesome well i'm excited to see where the weirdos go and I, if, if, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to be adding snakes this year, but if there were snakes I was adding, that is something that I would be very interested in because I, I love, I, I, I love that look, that, that, that kind of contrasty, blushy, cold tone, uh, with those hints of red is just, yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, you, you need some alternative, right? Like, let's make something happen. <laughs> uh, okay. So. You work a lot with Motley Stripe and then into the Pinstripe Banded. And Banded. Banded more so, yeah. Could, could you talk to us Banded a little bit? Banded and Motley are connected, right? So, yeah. Oh, my is, gosh. Where did this come from? Because now we have to talk about it, and I missed it. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, am I losing my mind right now? Um, and I know, and that's funny because I had so many people messaging me privately. Banded and Motley are not the same. <laughs> I don't see how you could even really like see the correlation between the two. Like to me, well, I think someone just saw the term banded motleys because there are banded motleys out there and just assumed it was a type of motley. So what happened was, um, and this was just like a few weeks ago, I was posting some of my bandits and it lets you tag on, on morph market. So it lets you, there's a banded tag. And you can add the tag, but as soon as you hit save and you know you pre preview your ad, the banded changed to Motley. <laughs> and I'm like, am I doing something wrong? Like, what the heck? Or is it just glitching out? And I tried another day, and then I'm like, even had my husband. I'm like, can you please watch me for a second? And I'm not losing my mind. Like, <laughs> putting banded, and I hit save. And he's the IT guy, so anytime like if it's 
if it's the computer or the phone, if he's in the room, it won't do it. <laughs> it's like, oh God, he's here. I won't do that malfunction again because he's going to get me. So I'm like, okay, watch me do it. And so he watched. He's like, no, it changes the Motley. So I emailed them and said, hey, this is a weird glitch. And their, their response was, that's because Bandit is an alias to Motley. Did you just send them a single line email back? <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> no, just that girl that breeds Miami's. But um, I just responded. I'm like, that's not accurate. I'm like, that's not, that's, that's like saying Miami Motley's, Miami's the alias for Motley too. And yeah. so he said, please post on the Motley, because they have a Morphpedia on their um, community page that has the different morphs and write-ups. And the person who did it, it's, it's a really nice write-up other than that inconsistency. Um, someone put a lot of work into it, but they're like, and I hate kind of, I understand why they want it to be public because they want to make sure everybody's kind of agreeing on this, but I kind of hate calling people out in public. Right. Um, and I, I'm like, who am I just to go in there and say this? So I made the post on Facebook to say, hey, if anybody wants to back me up on this discussion, I'm going to go over and say, no, this is not the same thing. It's two completely, one's line red, one's simple recessive. Um, so I did a post, and it's funny, from that post, I just have the question, you know, is Bandit an um, alias of Motley? And so many people are just educating me now that they're not. <laughs> so like, I, I, I know this. Number, everyone bombard him with text messages until he fixes Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, on the Motley thing, Motley is such a special genetic mutation. In the in the world of all reptiles that we work with, there's not another genetic mutation that acts like Motley in the sense that it can actually be line bred to have different phenotypes that can be strikingly different, very different, right? Uh, I've, I've seen Motleys that they all have a, 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 a plain belly, right? As far as I know, and, and I well, could be wrong in that. That's the other thing is my, the banded Motley sometimes will have some checkers. Oh. Which I know, and people are like, okay, this she really is a crazy lady. Um, <laughs> and I try not to say talk about it too much until some people buy some banded motleys, and they're like, it's not a lot. You know, it's way yeah. reduced, it's a few. But I think it's just because those bands wrap all the way around the snake, and some just creeps into the checkers, even if yeah. it's a motley. Um, so, I mean, that's the great thing about corn snakes, is you can never say always or never. Yeah. Yeah, but ninety nine percent of the time they have their belly completely yeah. clear bellies. But but you can have motleys that almost don't look like a motley, right? I, I've seen some motleys that have very few connected saddles, and then everything else is just kind of looks normal corn snake, but it's completely plain belly. And then you have pinstripe motleys that look like a tessera, and then you can have. I mean, there's there's so many things going on with it. I I I, lo I love the motley morph. Uh, I think it's yeah, and the zombie motleys. I mean, they're all. Motley's the ones I've been producing because the son is a motley and the female is and I've gotten some that are fully Funky striped all the way to the end and some that n Nothing connects at all. They just look like normal saddled. I mean less saddled, but yeah, we've been in one clutch. They all look different Yeah, that's kind of one of the cool things about Motley is you can get a bunch of different phenotypes in the same clutch uh, mm -hmm. Of the same morph and then you put it with tester. I'm I'm like one of the biggest fans of Tessera Motley's. I love that super clean, kind of crispy stripe and those neat kind of less patterned sidewalls. But even yeah. that can be that can be variable. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about Tessera? 
I like I like it most of the time. I hate that how hard it is to get it out. Like especially if you're doing motleys. If you find one you want to get motley out and then it's really hard to decide what's a really cool pinstripe motley sometimes and what's a tessera. Absolutely. Um, and people will say, well the, the the tesseras only have are the only ones that have this clean striping, but that's not. I've I've seen that long before tesseras been a thing. So, um, I like them, but I don't like having my clutch like all of you know, <laughs> like how it dominates everything. So yeah. uh, the Miami tesseras are amazing. Yeah, yeah. What what I've what I've patched here, I really love them, and that's kind of got me over to really liking them. Is, the stripe, even if you get the fully striped Motley Miami, they don't have the contrast like the Miami Tesseras do. Mm -hmm. The contrast is so much better. Where the stripe, when the red gets a little bit faded and reduced, and even the gray, I think, is not as striking. But I have some Miami Tesseras that it's just like almost white gray and then bright red. And I hear a lot of people have a hard time keeping the black border in them, but a lot of mine, I'm like, I haven't seen that. A lot of mine have the black border in them too. So, yeah, yeah. You you posted some of your Miami Tesla stuff that is just crispy, awesome. I really Lots like them. Black. They're really cool. It's so hard. Um, if, it's it's so hard to not have everything. Yep, it is. <laughs> so I think, but I think I always have Miami Tesla's. Yeah. Is there? While we're still talking about Miami stuff. Is there a direction you see your Miami stuff going? Like if you said in, 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 in two, three, four more generations, what are the plans with your Miami stuff? Or is it kind of to keep doing what you've been doing? I would like to hatch more perfect ones for clutch. It's kind of my, my goal because I'm still, and every time I tweak, you know, you tweak one thing to get a better this and something, you lose something else that you like. And so I'm always like, trying to get everything that I like back in there. And I've gotten that with a few animals. And so now I'm like, if I could just make that consistent, um, that's what I just work on. Just as many babies as possible that look like the parents. Yeah. And you kind of have Absolutely. to know some, and for the longest time I went in a circle with all the, the caramel Miamis and um, honey Miamis and stuff. And I'm like, well, I understand. They came from that line and the silver is really cool. But I wish they'd have a different name from them um, because I'm like, well, if you take that animal and breed it to a Miami, will the babies actually be Miamis? Right. Yeah. Or will they not? But then again, I circle back and I'm like, well, sometimes you breed two perfect Miamis together and you don't get nice Miamis. So mm -hmm. does that make those two snakes not Miamis? No. Right. So. Yeah. And, and that's and that, that also you could. And, and, and not not to derail this a little bit, but you can get two snakes from Miami, right? Yeah. From the actual locality that don't look anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, I believe it's Dade County animals. Uh, depending on what region, what area, you can have those really high contrast, lots of silver, uh, lots of bright oranges and reds, but still find some that kind of look a little bit more Keys-esque or a little bit more mm -hmm. Glades, a little bit more orange saturation. And so where where do we fall on this line of explaining to hobbyists and potential hobbyists that, okay, well, Miami's a locality. Miami's a, a phenotype that we line breed for. So it's kind of a phase and, and, and it's, and, you know, it, do, have you, have you found that you struggle with that at all? 
Well, I struggle to a lot of people they'll hear, Oh, go to Carol from Miami's and they're looking for locality yeah. animals. And I don't have any. None of my Miami's come from locality. Um, they're all been line bred and I get people coming. No, I want one that's not hit for anything. I'm like, well, can't do that either, you know. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, so, it, yeah. yeah. And man, and, 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 and just because it's part of the hobby, the, the test breeding that would be involved to prove out no heads and, and all that yeah. stuff. Is, you know, and you're talking three to four years for females. And it's. Because I've mixed, and I've mixed Motley, and I've mixed different things in where I'm like, an A-male, for sure, A-males and everything. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, I had a customer recently ask for a Miami Okatee. Because they bought a Miami Okatee at a show, and I, I'm like, well, it really depends on what you define that is, because there's a million different people that had. Is it actually a Miami Cross Okatee, mm-hmm. or is it its own line? Is it like Tony D's line? Um, and they showed me a picture of the breeder, and they're I mean, it was an amazing snake that they had, and I'm like, well, I could hatch a female that would complement that, and it kind of took me a couple months. And I finally found a female that I think would have the same look as the snake he showed me. So I sent him the picture and he goes, but is it Miami Okatee? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, depends on what you define that as. I mean, that yeah. is really hard for things like that. There's a lot Multiple, of subject. Everybody has a different spin on it. Mm-hmm. And it is in some places, it is a certain line. In some places it's the actual pairing. In my case, I had an animal. Well, it will look very much like the animal that you have, you know? Yeah. I, I have a uh, kind of along similar lines. I have a reverse Okatee female that is like awesome, like lots of white, mostly white, right? And she's got this beautiful, uh, bright orange. You know, she doesn't have any of those kind of uh, burnt umber tones at all. She's mostly orange, and uh, and so I bred her to yeah. a Ultramel Motley Tessera in the hopes to get Tesseras and Ultramels that had that kind of high white, right? So that it goes, uh-huh. all, I love, I love Ultramel uh, Okatees. And I hatched a few, and I, I held almost all of them back uh, because that's what we do. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I kind of looked at it and I was like, you know, if I, if I was selling one of these Ultramels, it has the phenotype of an Ultramel Okatee. But would I even call it that? Because it didn't come from an Okatee father. And the female definitely is, and then I, so I kind of decided not to, right? And, and I, and I post, I, I, or I took one to a show, and somebody's like, you know, what is this? And I was like, it, you know, it's an ultra male. And also, she <laughs> it's ended a up, snake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a corn. It's, it, it'd be a corn snake. I mean, I can tell you the genetics at play in it. Also, she proved out head anery, which made me very, very fussy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I did not want anery in her. And she made some really pretty snows. The thing that's really funny is the snows that she produced are really weird looking, in the sense of. They don't look Okatee. She also made Ultramel, uh, Ultramel anneries, Snow Tramels, and they look really weird. And I was like, well, now I have to keep these things because I don't know what they're going to look like in a year or two. Uh, so, so yeah, that was a that was a weird pairing. I'll never do the pairing again. Uh, I'm going to raise up one of those Ultramel boys and pair it back to her, and we'll go from there because then I'll, I'll kind of know what I'm working with. Um, man, it's hard, and, and and you're dealing with the same thing with the the Miami being a Limebred polygenics, right? It's yep. what else is in there? You know, we're not talking about two genes, four genes, five genes. We're talking about, you know, hundreds of genes that are lining up to create a phenotype because it's so much more complex in line breeding than it is with just simple recessives or codoms. Uh, so it's, yeah, I, 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 I can see that's pretty, that's awesome. It's a never ending job. 
Are you? Oh, I'm, I'm set. <laughs> are you particular about the AMLs you're you're using to plug into the Miami stuff? I don't. All my, I mean, AMLs always kind of been floating around from just this different snakes that I purchased, mm -hmm. and so I've had AML come up. And I never started with candy canes. You know, I always had candy canes come out of my Miamis, and held them back. Favorites. I love. I love a really nice high white candy cane. Yeah. So sometimes I keep them and sometimes I don't. And sometimes they just pop up in my Miami clutches. But um, I'm not sure. Like if you just got a candy cane from somebody else that wasn't breeding Miamis, how it would look. But I've never, you know, I've never. Well, this year I did put a candy cane, but he, he came from my Miami lines anyway. He, two mm -hmm. really nice Miamis. I kept the candy cane back. And so I did breed him back to one of my. Uh, this year, actually, I did it last year, and the animals were so nice, I did it again. So, um, I just feel like there's candy canes, and then there's like candy canes because I mm -hmm. see a lot that are labeled as candy canes, <laughs> and they're not really like oh gosh, and they're babies, and they already have a little bit of orange, and you're like, oh yeah, no. and then they look at mine I on the table, and they, <laughs> I've had them look at mine on the table, and then run off and grab one and bring back. Oh look, I found this one for forty dollars cheaper. Okay, well that's the name of. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I got all first and foremost get that the year before last, and it it was nice and and white and red, and, you know, early on, and it is now firmly orange and white, and which is fine. I mean, it's still a good looking animal, but but when it comes to amels, I'm a little more particular, and it like I I really like high white stuff. I'm not I'm not as big into the orangey kind of look. Mm -hmm. So like to see that thing kind of start to turn orange is a bit of a bummer, but that's still a nice animal. And it's just like that. I'm firmly a believer that there's like candy canes and there's like real candy canes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like I kind of do. I want to work on what pops up here. I want to get just a little bit more red. So I have a few holdbacks from last year that are really, really red. Um, so I'm hoping those can help out in a couple of years. Awesome. The white, the white I kind of got down. It's, in the quest for the white, some of the red was lost. And that, I mean, that's just the whole, my whole struggle with Miami and candy cane is you go for one, unless yeah. you keep them all. It's hard to pick out that animal that's going to have bowl. Yeah. Um, and, and it's difficult as we try to wash orange out of these things. It makes sense that the red is going to fade a little bit, right? Like yeah. as, as the orange comes out, you're also losing some amount of orange saturation in the red. Uh, and it's, it, and so it would be kind of makes sense yeah yeah so hopefully in a couple of years they'll give me some really nice babies so so you know before justin asks have you ever put castagna into any of your projects i have not only because i i can't have any more projects <laughs> yeah, there's really no room for, for at least one more I, mean, I i have no room and i'm already like and i haven't really Posted this. I've talked with Don a little bit about it too, but I have out of my shatter stripe lines, I'm getting some cinders and even some non cinders that there's something going on with them. They're, the cinder stripes are like amazingly shiny. They kind of look like an oil slick. They're, hmm. they're significantly more shiny than all the other cinders that I have. And I, I sent him videos and pictures and he's like, okay, yeah, definitely something different going on. And I have a lot of holdbacks from that clutch to kind of look freedom back and work on them too. So that's like a whole nother project that I haven't talked about that's taking up space in my snake room. Yeah. 
So, so, so and those are shatter stripes. Well, it's from the shatter stripe project. Okay. I only have one shatter stripe right now, and I don't think he has the look. But there's some offshoots from that pairing. That have the look, and so I'm gonna kind of just be slow with it. I had a lot of pullbacks, and I'm gonna breed those and and see what happens. Um, I wonder if it's like a lavender thing where it's like the iridiophor structure or something is actually different. Something different going on in the yeah. scale. It might. I think. It, yeah, it might be because it's really weird, and um, yeah, I'm still making my mind up about that one. But I have a million snakes from, you know, clutch mates from the ones that were shiny and the mother. And I purposely didn't breed the mother this year. So because she's getting older, mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'll wait till one of these grows up and is ready for her. And maybe she'll go one more year this year. But I just I, can't take on any more projects. I mean, I, I love I think that's really where we're headed. We can't have them all now. So that, you know what? Don't need to hear that in my life right now. <laughs> But other people can have them, and you can visit them and see their pictures. And uh, that's, gosh, you, th this resonates so much with me right now because it's you know I I actually just sold an adult pair of snakes that I'm shipping out on Tuesday that have been very special to me uh, since I got them as babies, and and it's I have to constantly go in that room and tell myself I can't have everything. And yeah. it's really hard. Because mm -hmm. like I'm I I. I'm, I'm probably overly passionate about my animals. I will hold every baby back, right? I don't even care. It's, I, I made a morph market and posted like three snakes this year. I hatched like over 200. And it's, it, <laughs> you know, my, my, my fun thing that I've done this year is I've had a couple friends that are just like, hey, I just want some snakes. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm sending a box of random stuff to you so I know where it goes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, Alex Horvath, one of our, our, our close buddies, I sent him uh, a whole clutch minus two snakes. Uh, and, it, and he was like, oh, I really like that one snake in the clutch. I was like, what's that shipping address, baby? Yeah. Let's go. You better <laughs> get snake. Surprise, it's 20 more. You better get snaked up. Uh, but yeah, it's and especially with corn snakes. You're talking about, what, 33 visual morphs, something like I think it's around that number. Uh, so many different combinations, so many gorgeous combinations. And then you just barely dip your toe into... There's so much we still don't know about even yeah. like Cinder. I mean, we don't even know everything about what we have, let yeah. alone what's coming and i know i yeah. kind of want to bring back to another someday is the the lava blood reds used to be really nice when yes, it first they first came out yes they did and i feel like all the nice ones went to europe <laughs> it's possible yeah. and they're not the same as they used to be i mean they're still gorgeous they're still amazing but they're not the same as i remember them so that's always in the back of my head too like okay i want to start that so as far as any of the new morphs, I'm just like, don't look, don't look, <laughs> don't even look. And I know you guys like to talk about like a scaleless and palmetto. Yeah, a lot. At some point, and, we we ask everybody. Yeah. So, I didn't. Neither one. I didn't. They didn't do anything for me, and I didn't get into them until I saw the charcoal palmettos, and I love those, and I just love the dark eye with the white snake, and so I have a trio of those, and um. Scaleless didn't do it for me at all, and especially with the price tag. I'm like, no, I don't really like them. And good friend of mine um, got some snakes from him and put one in the box. <laughs> and as soon as it was in my hands, I was just like, I've still never held one. It, it's uh, it's so funny. 
because I really, <laughs> I could have got into that project years and years ago. And I had people ask me if I would trade for, you know, hit scaleless. And I was just like, no, no. And he's like, why you don't like money? <laughs> and my friend, my good friend, who was like a little bit overly protective and stuff. And she's a vet tech. She goes, well, I just don't want a snake that feels like a dog's scrotum. <laughs> Fair enough. And I'm just like, where did that come from? <laughs> I feel like there's no. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't have that experience. Right. But when I got it, they're super soft and they just like remind me, they're cute. They remind me of Muppet snakes. Yeah. And it, it was really beautiful, ochre tea colored, super orange, black border. And it just looked like a Muppet to me. And it was really soft. And so I'm like, dang it. <laughs> I didn't like the scaleless. Um, it, I, I, I was like, I'm not going to like scaleless. I'm not. Anything that's just instant phallic representation in my snake room, we're just not going to mess with it, right? We're just, we're not going to do it. There's too many, too many jokes, bad memories. Too many, too many bad memories. And, uh, oh, God, then I saw scaleless anneries. nice. And then I saw scaleless annery that was like almost adult in Daytona last year. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, why is it so pretty? Oh man! Uh, I was at Tony D's stuff after you pointed me to the interview, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, <sighs> Tony D's like stuff. the clown ones. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Those. I, I uh, didn't even. Ron I didn't even know those were a thing. Yeah, Ron Allen is the one that's working with the clown. Uh, or like the Susie Q. Yeah, Susie Q or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't keep up with all the amazing breeders, but, but there's, oh my there's gosh, so there's many. Mm hmm. It's 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 tough and you know and this is kind of a question i wanted to ask um we all come from different avenues we all kind of got here in different ways was there anybody that kind of mentored with you a little bit or anybody that you've leaned on heavily in this hobby as, as you as you've learned and grown uh through your through your tenure when i got started i think there was just so many of us when king snake kind of really started taking off and then cornsnakes.com really started we were kind of like a big family starting from scratch, just telling each other, you know, what we had and what we learned and kind of a group thing. Yeah. But I mean, Don Soderberg has always been amazing to me and I could listen to him all day long. But he, I will send him a like two sentence question and I get this beautiful, amazing, like scroll three times text. And it's so interesting. I just love his writing style. Yeah. And I'm like, so nice of him. I, I can't imagine how busy he is and how much things he he has going on and how many babies he has to deal with. And he takes the time to write this out. Mm -hmm. So I've always appreciated that and him sharing his opinions or I'll send him pictures and he'll tell me what he thinks. And so I'm getting my second and third corns from him. I think he's always just been a big help to me. Yeah. I'm a little bit awesome. of an enabler. Ah. Too much of a too much of a help sometimes. The best ones are. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's great. Uh, but I think there's just too many people to mention as far as the you know everyday everybody kind of built on the knowledge together. Right. Yeah. You, you know that 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 kind of timeline. Uh, I was really more focused on geckos in ninety eight ninety nine, kind of into the early two thousands. I did start getting colubrids in two thousand. Three, I was 18. I moved out. I started getting colubrids, and uh, 
it was kind of interesting to be into colubrids. You know, I had alterna, I had corn snakes, I had some bull snakes, which kind of represents what I have now, the things I love. Uh, you, uh, we were kind of the underdogs because, right, like 2003, 2005, ball pythons just explode. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, 2002, 2003, 2004, you're seeing albino ball pythons at shows for five, six thousand dollars and they're selling like hotcakes. And, and then, you know, like you said, you go to a table and you see these gorgeous, gorgeous colubrids, uh, Mexican black kings and some of the different variations of corns. And at that time, there was so much more uh, provenance on, on line breeding your projects, right? People people were talking about the time that they put in the generations. I'm going for this specific phenotype. I'm going to call it this line, you know, and, and you had these Don Lemkes and these, you know, these, 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 these you know, people and other uh, animals, your, your, uh, your, your, your bloaties, your, your, your guys that would line breed these colubrids to get a specific phenotype that was unique to their own collection. Uh, and at the whole time, you've got like these ball python guys that are like importing, you know, dinkers or whatever they're calling them <laughs> and making mojaves and lessers. And not, not to downplay the looks of these. Yeah. They're, they're beautiful, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're gorgeous. Uh, but you kind of had to play as an underdog because there wasn't a value to it, right? There wasn't right. this, uh, I'm not going to, you're not going to get rich off of that. You need to do this. And yeah. it's like, well, well, this wasn't about the money. This was about the passion for that, that little animal right there. That Look at, look at what I did. Um, and, and so I'm glad that, you know, especially people like you and, 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 and a lot of these other men and women that stuck with it did stick with it. Right. Like that's, that's, that's really yeah. special. And it's like even nice for me to still hear that the Lemke name still goes out there too. Oh, yeah, Don so. Lemke. yeah. Yeah. Oh man. People, people don't even, I, I got to go on a tangent. I'm, I'm, I, I love, <laughs> but this guy had red red uh northern pine snakes and he was breeding patternless northern pine snakes he he, he had generated so many different lineages of animals uh through through a curated collection and people don't even know they existed anymore right like because mm-hmm. you know I, I don't i don't know his status now I, I, and i i may be remiss to even be talking about him but i i don't think he's breeding or working with snakes at all uh, you know the van deventer lines right uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're, it, to some extent, uh, Bob Applegate working with a lot of king snakes and corn snakes and, uh, and, and Pitchophis. Uh, a lot of these guys' names kind of got washed away because of the, the I hate to say the wall python craze because that's what we all call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the when Tiger Woods came in and started just crushing that ball further than everybody, they had to change the course, right? So yeah. once, the, once the ball pythons came in, they really changed the spread of what people were doing and what people were capable of financially. Uh, and, it, and it kind of washed away some of the, the, the hard work that had put it, been put in for the 30, 40 years before. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the information just got sort of fragmented with the Internet as well, too. And it just became a thing where there's now so many more people out there that, that yeah everything just sort of disappeared. Yeah, and a lot of those old school guys that had amazing stuff, but they just weren't Internet savvy. And, right. Yeah. And had no desire to be either. They were happy doing what they were doing, but. And it's a shame yeah. that the world doesn't get to see <laughs> as yeah, much yeah. as what they were doing. Uh, your your Walter Smiths, your uh, mm-hmm. uh, even even to some extent, you know, your your Holy Trinity, right? Your 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 uh, Craig Trumbauer, Howie Sherman, uh, Don Soderberg, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tony D. Tony. Uh, you've got your 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 Abbott line stuff, uh, your Love line stuff, Kathy Love, right? Yeah. Like, look, look at the work that she, I mean, she, and she's, she's always a, been the sweetest person too, like. I always enjoyed, she was one of the few people that once in a while back in the day would go to a West Coast show. And her and Bill were just so sweet. Yeah. That's and uh, just welcome everybody. 
and, and to even still hear her talk, she she within the last couple of years did an episode on a Colubrid and Colubroid radio, and and just to hear the love that she has, and not to you know, fun play on words, but the 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 passion she still got in it, it yeah, she, she's still there, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. and and she's also one of those people that can recollect her stories and talk about this fluently, like oh man, I yeah, this was in the seventies and we did this, and it's like wow. you no, know, that's amazing to me, Armin. Yeah, I'm like zombie. I'm like, shoot, let me go through my breeding plans. <laughs> that was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But these ones, I mean, like maybe there was more less morphs to remember, but um, yeah, their memory is definitely better than mine is. It's that's amazing. Uh, and, and that's you know, and of course it's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on and and, and 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 talk with you about all of this great stuff. And there's still again, there's more and more and more we want to talk about. Uh it, it's it's you know, it's to capture these stories and capture these lifetimes of people information yeah. and this information, you know, uh, you're, you're 22 years of doing this. Uh, it's pretty special. And, and that's, that's something we need to all remember. Thanks. Absolutely. So in, in all these years with, with corn snakes, uh, tell us a little bit about your keeping style. Um, you know, is it, uh, do you go for a little bit more, uh, minimalist, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more becoming of, uh, of, of breeder, uh, more, more fairing for the breeder or, yeah. or is there any, any specific things you've really learned over the years that stand out? You give your babies a 60 gallon aquarium. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> it's 120 gallons, to, Justin. Oh, sorry. I have to give a shout out to my husband because he's been such a support and help and snake cleaner. And it cracks me up because he does how we have it is he does the adults and sub adults and I do the one-year-olds and the, the hatchlings and then all the sales and all that. And, um, but he takes care of my, it's kind of nice for me because it'll be sometimes a month and I haven't seen any of my adults and I'll go in there to go gosh, kind of check on everybody. And it's just like, they're new all over again. Cause I don't see them every week. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this one, or I, you know, I haven't seen it after it shed. It looks like this. And, it's really fun for me that he does that for me and, and helps. Um, but we have, oh, what else I was going to say about that? But we have, I have a rack system, but we do the Sterilite tubs. Okay. And I do the Sterilite tubs with the lids on. Okay. So yep. it's, they can't get out. <laughs> There's no way they can get out of that, but also it's a pain because you have to pull them all the way out to clean them. But it's also, I've always, we've had in California, we get fires and we've had evacuation lines pretty Mm -hmm. close here. And I always figure in an evacuation, it'd be way easier. Just, I mean, you want to think you have time to put them all in bags and stuff, but if I didn't, we have big enough car space, I think, where we could take most of them in their bins and just and we had to, and it was a lifesaver because a few years ago, my worst nightmare, we had to fumigate my house. Oh, yeah. And um, so everybody had to get out. And thank goodness, here goes my parents again. They let me keep everybody in their garage with a little AC cooler to get, because it was in the summer. So we had to have an AC on them just to keep them at 80 degrees. Um, so we had to just take everybody in their tub and nobody, I don't think the snakes really got too stressed out because they were still in their little tub, just yeah, in a different just location. Enclosure, yeah. So, um, I'm still, I don't have racks for the ones, the babies and the yearlings. I don't have racks for, 
and I'm still struggling trying to find the perfect bin for them, or maybe I'm just going to have to go to Rex because Don't if we agree. lose it, yeah. I found these little, um, what are they? I think they're like 96 ounce, maybe 36 ounce. They're these red lidded tubs that are like McCormick brand that I have absolutely fallen in love with for, for hatchlings and stuff. Cause they're the perfect size. They're low profile. It's like the perfect amount of floor space for, for hatchlings and you know, they're easy to stack. They don't take up a ton of space and they're, they're cheap. Yeah. I recently found some, some big Ziploc style bins that, target and they were great but then all of a sudden there was like some batches that came out that you could just with one finger pop the lid off oh, oh no yeah and so luckily like i test them like we drill the holes and i get them set up and i test them all before i do it and it's like oh i had like 20 of them and they all popped off and then i'm the weirdo at target sitting there opening them all up seeing if they're the kind that seal <laughs> Or not, and they're probably like someone goes by, and I'm like pulling them all out, closing them, and opening them, and they're like, and I'm like, I even asked my husband today, and he walked away from me because we're talking about what we're doing today, and I'm like, would you be willing to go to Target and test them? And he just like walks away. <laughs> he gets. I <laughs> I use these 2.7 liter Sterilite tubs. This one is an egg box. Uh, I use them also for my egg boxes, but they have a locking. Oh, the latch. Lid. Oh my God, I love the latch. And so uh, anything is that, that the 5.8 quart or what? Uh, this is this is a 2.7 quart. So this is good for like hatchling to a couple months old. Is that what uh, you gave me that, that um, yeah. Leon? Yeah. And I have I have exactly one. Oh, you have to, you have to send me the scan code. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't do. Uh, I I I stack and they stack. Uh, they stack so wonderfully they because they have like, it, looks, it looks like they do yeah yeah they have these like a recess in the lid that like yeah see those in there the big oh. version of those are what i use for my adults oh okay mm -hmm. yeah yeah like the giant versions but i haven't found the right smaller one yet yeah i I'll, oh man i love i get to i get to put the lid on and then i get to hear the click and then i yeah. get to stack it on another one and i and i i uh i burn holes i, I use a, a soldering iron Solder. yeah I, you I do the same burn a bunch of holes in the side and I'm just uh, then I have a nice little front area to label on it. And, uh, I do have some racks that I use uh, sea serpents, uh, pencil tubs, but but in all honesty, they're really good. They're really good, but they're only good for a little bit. Uh, they're they're fine with yeah. snakes and stuff like that, but some corns hatch out massive. Mm -hmm. uh, and then yeah. I go to this. Uh, V15s are great, uh, but you need a lot of V15s. That, that's kind of the problem. And, and, and you know, I'm excited to work with some of this black box stuff because if it's as tight as everybody's saying it is, the V15 will actually seal. Because a lot of my V15s, if I put a hatchling in, I ain't gonna have that hatchling. Anymore. Yeah, they're gonna get out. Uh, so yeah, I use um, the little sandwich size containers for when they first hatch, mm -hmm. but like the Ziploc for a sandwich. But they outgrow those fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's why I like those those red litter ones that I've been using too. Is that you've got a decent amount of time before they need an upgrade. Um, my only gripe with those is like you have to press on the center of the lid to get it to to actually snap shut. Like you cannot chase it to close it around the edge; it will not happen. Mm. So I had to, I had to, it took me a minute to learn that. Like you have to press on just the middle of the lid, the center of the thing, yeah, and, and it's not put your water bowl there. <laughs> I you know I I went through this thing where I glued all of my water bowls down. Every water bowl was hot glued oh, to the no. thing, and then I then I had a cup that fit in there, right? 
and it was awesome. And then, oh my god, I hate year. not being able to move a water bowl. Like I, <sighs> those tubs that come with the holder in them, like can't stand them. Like I just can't. Yeah. got to be able to move it wherever I want to. Justin, they all poop under the water bowl. This is the only place yeah. they poop. They they wrap around the water bowl and they squirt crap under it. Yeah, and there's they no make way sure it's really sealed. <laughs> Those urates, man, it's like super glue. They're just doing the job extra for you. You would have to glue around the outside of the little <laughs> thing. And I got it just freaked me out this year because me and my kid went through and and, and glued down a hundred tubs because I realized how many eggs I had and how many slides I had in my stupid baby rack. And uh we we did we did two things. We did these two point seven uh sterilites and then we did uh the big deli cups, right? Like the big the big deli like show cup. I just got a, I knew I could get them quick, so I got a whole bunch of them. We glued all these beautiful little water bowl holes down, and I've thrown almost all of them away because you cannot get that crap out. There's 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 no way to get the poop out from under the water bowl. It's there permanently. It is fused with the plastic. So, super stressful. <laughs> uh, so Carol, uh, just a kind of side question: Do you ha- do you cohab anything uh, by chance? No, I've kind of like that first experience. Really, yeah. Yeah, just really put the nail in the coffin for me on that one. Um, I mean, once in a while, if if I'm putting a pair together and I'm I'm not seeing anything and I get frustrated, sometimes I will just leave them overnight. Yeah. But other than that, and I always had a hard time having an answer at the show when people say, "Hey, can we cohab?" Because some people, I mean, if I had, I feel like if those two snakes that I had were were the same sex, they would have been fine. Mm -hmm. But I just always tell them it's like jaywalking. You could get away with it or you could yeah, right. <laughs> buy a truck. You know, it, it's, it's everybody's personal decision. So I don't, I don't have any, um, don't say anything about anybody that does. That's their thing. If they get away with it, fine. But I think I, that I just turned me off so early that I'm like, no. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I cohab very few animals, uh, but the stuff I cohab has been cohab since it was a hatchling. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I've never had snakes breeding that I didn't want breeding. And I never had a female go at it too young from cohabbing. And I don't know if it has anything to do with them having been together since hatchling and they didn't breed till I cooled them. Or it may just be my climate is different, right? Like I'm, I'm in, in the, like, you know, the, the, I, I can't see, you know, I'm not in the butthole of Texas, but if I stood on my roof, I could see it. Uh, so, so it's, it's real hot. It's real humid. I'm on the, I'm on the ocean front, you know, I'm right next to the water and, and it's like, I don't have anything. To breed. I, I don't, I, I couldn't get snakes to breed without brewmating except for one time I had a pair of breed without brewmating. Uh, but that's, see, that's of, probably where the person that gave me the information, I'm sure that was true in his case, yeah. you know? So, um, so, so on your breeding, you, you are one of the few people we've had a couple, but you're one of the very few people that have been on this podcast that don't have pantherophis local to you, right? Uh, yeah. You're, you're not in a state where there's any. You're in California. There's no pantherophis. How do you live? How <laughs> is life good? We have uh, calcines and gophers. Oh, man. Y'all have Pacific gophers up there, right? Yeah. And the calcines are really cool. Yeah. Uh, I come across. Uh, if, if you're okay, talk about what area are you in in California? I'm just south of San Jose, so South Bay area. Yeah. Stupid expensive to live. Awful. I want to get out of here, but. <laughs> well, Texas is, our arms are wide open, right? <laughs> Thank uh, you. 
it's but, just uh, so expensive here. It's it's awful. You've got some cool cow kings there. Some yeah. Cool cow kings. And you can actually find them. You know, you don't even have to like go herping or anything. You just can go on a hike and you'll find them somewhere. And um, years and years ago, more than ten years ago too, I I worked on a shotgun range. I managed a shotgun range, and it's I would see them a lot walking the grounds over there. And yeah. I, one time I, I saw one. It was so cool because I, I don't even, I might have even been looking for lizards for my corn snakes. But um, I saw one under a bush, and he was drinking from the drip system, just yeah. <laughs> like a little bottle. It was so cool and cute and neat at the same time. I was like, oh, you got it down. You know where your water's coming from. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, they're really easy to find here. Yeah, and I mean, you're you're not far for some really really cool locations for i'm sorry yeah i know well, well even san francisco garter i think is one of the most gorgeous snakes ever but yeah. i don't know if i have it in me to go and try and find one <laughs> well, and you, i think tim, could... i think tim speckler found one but i mean he's like the pro of pros yeah <laughs> right yeah, tim's got some killer stuff so i wouldn't imagine yeah he did a trip to california in his pictures i was so jealous i'm like okay that's like an hour for me <laughs> Yeah, so there's no you, way I can go and find it. You should have rosy boas there too, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. those are more in the hills, so you kind of have yeah. to go on a. I don't see those unless I'm on a hike. More towards the like Sequoia area, I guess. Right? Yeah, or any hilled area. Sometimes you find them, and Yosemite, you'll find them. Yeah, and then so I used to have rosy boas too. It's like I'm like the list of what I've had before is probably longer than I could ever remember at one time but i love rosy boas too they're so soft they are i i had a i had a, a a pair of all three uh subspecies at one time before i found out they're actually illegal in my city uh, oh. and, I, and i got to keep a breed them they're really neat they're, they're 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 kind of a weird care wise it's neat because they're kind of different uh they like it a lot hotter they like it a lot drier which is kind of funny because i have stuff from the same area that doesn't require that um but you know, it's 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 a neat little live bearing boa <laughs> thing that will, if you're taking that water bowl out, can actually somehow bite you from across the tub. Uh, yeah. And when they bite, they bite for keeps for some reason. So you get to fling <laughs> up. You get to do this neat thing where like your knee jerk reaction is pulling your hand away, and then the snake goes flying, uh, and then it's just it's super fun. I I, I enjoyed. <laughs> I, I'm saying that I really, really, really did enjoy them. My Magnolia yeah. Plains uh, anneries were by far some of the coolest animals I've ever had. Uh, they're, they're, we always call them. I think this affectionate. I always just feel affection towards them because they're so. We would always call them the, the squishies, and even like my husband, that just you know he just tolerates it all. But when he sees one at the show, he'll be like, "There's squishies over there," <laughs> and they, they, they kind of look derpy, right? Like they kind of yeah. have this like weird like ah, look, and they're 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 funny and they're. I had one as a kid. It was horrible. Really? Yeah. yeah uh, Justin can't get bit by anything. Worst. Justin's got soft hands. Oh, I'm, I hate getting bit. I, I jump every time. Yeah, I just yell. I'm very, very vocal. I jump. I'm getting, I don't know what's going on with my hatchlings this year, and I, that got me off on a, a dumb tangent, too. I'm like, could snakes be right-handed or left-handed? <laughs> because this year I've had more snakes take off to the left than I've ever had before, and I don't, I don't know. It's just weird, because normally... They'll be random, you know, it'll be 50 50 or I'll catch them. But like this year, they're all going to the left and I can't grab them. And I'm just always just like, ah. Um, but yeah, when they tag me, I jump every time and I, I don't know what I'm not scared of it, it doesn't hurt. It, 
still it's just like a jack-in-the-box thing for me yeah i'm like yeah. why don't bite me and then you have right. the one baby that's just overly dramatic and s's up and leans its head back and falls over and it's just ah oh, and it's like why are you like this that's that entire sonia motley clutch man they're all every fuzzballs single, every single one of them it wasn't genetic my poor my son when he used to help me and we had yellow rat snakes at one time too and he nice. would help me and he was probably like 10 years old and he was helping me and i just hear him from from the other room um do these ones bite <laughs> <laughs> i'm like why did they bite you <laughs> he just walks out like dead serious calm is gonna be yeah and his lips are just bleeding because the thing tagged him in the face oh no and he's just like not even upset or mad or hysterical yeah i mean it wasn't bad but i was like oh my god okay you don't deal with those ones anymore but he's just yeah they bit me <laughs> i would be like are you would there would have been definitely like a yell for me of, of surprise and then got over it and we had a corn once too um super aggressive i've never had one like her where and she was on the bottom of the rack and if you pulled her up, if she was remotely hungry, she would come out after you and, yeah. and nip at your feet. I've and, like that. and me, like a baby, like she come out at me. And finally, I just stopped. I let my husband like deal with her because she come after me. And I'd run down the hallway, and she chased me out the room down the hallway. And her husband, my her name ended up being Sheila, because my <laughs> husband would come out and grab her. Look at this, Sheila, <laughs> grab her and ever like striking at me and stuff and. I never had another one like her. I mean, her babies were always good feeders. Yeah. And now I, even got, we joke like when we have a really good feeder, it must be a Sheila baby. That's awesome. I, I've got I've got a female like that. Her name's Carrie. Uh, and she's <laughs> she's out for blood. And she it, she is an absolute demon. It doesn't matter what day, night, time. If I open that tub and I have her tub all labeled because I never know when my kids Danger. are in there. Yeah, I have I have I have little painted red for my little girl. Uh so she knows like this, these bite or there's two snakes in here or, you know, stuff like that. And I, and Carrie has a big thing on her thing. It says, I bite. And <laughs> I, I, I literally, I open her tub with a hook. I'm that guy. I'm just like, I kind of lean back. Yep, Cause you know what's going to happen. I know what's coming out. And then she does the bite, 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 bite. And, and she's one of those ones that even if you take, usually if you take them out, they're fine. Right. Like you yeah. get them in your hands, they stop. She doesn't. Yeah. She's just. Most of the ones that I have that are like that, it's you're not you're not holding them without getting no. bit. It's gonna happen. Like the uh, that female Aztec that I got from you actually at Daytona. I don't was she ever? No, she's a sweetheart. You're talking. I, I I had her out a couple like a week or two ago, and she kept like nosing my arm like she was about to try something. I'm like, feed that snake, Justin. Her she name is be fed. Her name is Pinkalicious. <laughs> Pinkalicious don't need food. Yeah, what's why you call why you call my girl fat? I'm I was about to feed her yesterday, then I looked at her, I was like, mm, she, yeah, I, I gave her this year off. That's uh that is a uh coral ghost Aztec Posset Sunkissed hundred percent head stripe. She throws she was she was going for it though. She was thinking about it. Those are the she worst ones. The one that you like you that, don't that know act like they're cool and then they're like, nah. I just wanted to get you right here, so I can. <laughs> I got you right where I want you. Like that that visual Castagna Motley male that that sired that clutch. Like yeah. he's an absolute nut. I open that tub and he's the exact same way. He comes out onto the floor and starts going for my feet. Like it's happened multiple <laughs> times now, and I'm like, you little bitch. Like I've got a couple other ones that are that are just horrible. Like as soon as I open the tub, they're they're it's on. Like and I'm like, God, it's, this is the Ganya Somar even that bad. 
Like the college, uh, at least they're going to sit still when they do it. They're not going to go onto the floor. Like they're just going to strike at like, it's just my conjuncta, uh, which would be mm -hmm. a, a, like a Baja area, California King snake. I'll take them out and I'll, and I know they're going to bite me. Like there's no question. They're going to bite me. It's they, they only want to eat. That's the only thing they care about unless it's breeding season. And the one, for some reason, the male won't eat. Well, I know why he doesn't want to eat. And all they want to do is breed for 20 to 25 hours at a time. And so I'll take them out and they're little. So I'll kind of dangle them a little bit until they bite themselves. And then I just set them on my rolling cart. <laughs> and they just sit there trying to eat. They just try to eat their own body. Uh, the whole time I'm cleaning their tub. It's so, it's so funny. And I've shown people that I do this. Like, yeah, you just take them out like this. And they won't bite you right away because they're not like defensive. They're just hungry. And then I'm like, look, you just kind of wiggle them like this. And eventually they bite their own, like, I guess their leg, but I guess their lower <laughs> part of their body. And they just sit there and the snake is sitting there just crunched on itself. And I'm like, they do that. I have been feeding snakes next to them and can see in their tub that they'll just start trying to eat themselves. They just bite themselves. And I'm just like, yeah. You're, I wonder you're, how they survive in the wild. There's no chance, right? Like, they, I have no idea. How has your species not been extinct for millennia? It's the same, same snakes that. The female laid eggs while she is laying eggs i take pictures of them and then i go in to get the eggs and i and she's literally just eating the eggs and i'm like why <laughs> like she's laying eggs and eating them and i'm like recycling i, don't... <laughs> I was hungry <laughs> <laughs> yeah see this is a lot of work they're not, they're not hatched or anything they're still good i had a two-year-old corn that was just so bad i couldn't even handle him anymore i'm like i don't even i can't handle the snake so i brought him to a show with a big danger biter bad tempered you know if you like that some people like that for whatever reason power to them so i put it on my table and this kid in a wheelchair comes up Sounds and he just looks at it and he's in love he's like he I'll has to it. have that and I'm yeah. like, no, I'm like, I have 80 other snakes on my table. Surely you like one of them. And he just, I'm like, he bites, he's mean, he's the worst thing. And the kids just, I have to have them. And I'm like, his parents are there and I'm telling them and they're all, and they say, we have to have the snake. And I'm like, okay. So I, I, I sell it to him. And I'm like, okay, that snake's coming back to me tomorrow. Because it was a local show where everybody was like within driving distance. Um, and I kid you not, the rest of the show, the kid had it out of its bin in his lap cruising around the show the whole time like a puppy dog <laughs> it was i don't know if they were drawn they were soulmates or what there you go it was the most bizarre thing bonded in their their hatred <laughs> i don't know it was really cool i was happy to find they both yeah. got what they wanted but in the snake maybe just didn't like me i don't know that's yeah sometimes and then like like the snake i said justin justin that's one that my kid would randomly yeah, take no, out I mean, she was, she she was fine when i got her i just i don't know she just she was she kept poking like she was about to take a test she, and i'm like she hungry you gotta feed her see like that bothers me but the other night i was i was pulling a chondro out because i had to do a puppy pad change and thinking she wasn't awake i had my palm like right next to her and she nailed me and i was like okay but like one of those little baby Castanya Motley hats starts, <laughs> starts nipping at mine. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's the same thing. It's like, it doesn't, I know it doesn't hurt. I know it's like completely inconsequential, but it's just like that, that Jack in the box. It, like, yeah. yeah. It's a Jack in the box factor. The, uh, okay. So Carol, uh, I got to ask 
when, when I was kind of talking about not having any panthropus in your state, kind of where you're at, do you feel like maybe your breeding tactics or your brumation tactics are, are different or uh, what is your, what is your go-to plan for that? Um, I want to get back to how I, I've, I've slowly drifted and this year was extra bad. Um, I always would wake them up in December or new year's at the latest. Okay. And I would always have, um, start hatching in May. When were and that worked really down? well. I'm sorry. When were you putting them down? Um, around October. Okay. okay. Yeah. Around October. Um, if it, I'd start them in November if I was going to wake them up in new year's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's real hard here to keep them even with the AC in the closet. I mean, next is here. It's October right now. In a couple of days, it's going to be 97 here. So, yeah. and it's all over the place. Like last week, it was probably 65 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it's all over the place and it, it's kind of hard. So I have the weather to have to work into, but I hate having eggs when it does really get hot here. Um, we finally now have a new AC, but before we did, it used to just scare me when the house would get so hot and Excuse I'd have Excuse me for eggs. one sec, guys. Y'all, y'all keep chatting. I got to step aside for one sec. Okay. So I want to get back to that slowly. I don't know how, but I've just gotten later and later and later. Mm-hmm. And then this year, just because I had a lot of um, family things going on, we had some deaths in the family and crazy stuff. I didn't wake them up until I had to wake them up. Right. And so this year I'm, I ran really late. So I'm, I'm trying to bump. I don't think I'm going to, it's going to be a slow process because you have to get them to a certain weight. Mm-hmm. So I've been pumping them, pumping them, getting them bigger and trying to, I'm just going to have to slowly just start earlier, 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 because I really like having them earlier. And then I really don't even have to heat them if I, if I have babies in July, August. Right. Um, but I really don't care for, I've been having them now late July. Um, August, and even my favorite show now, after COVID, now they've been having a show at the end of July, and I'm like, oh, that's hard, because I'm just barely hatching right now, so right. it's my favorite show, it's always my home show, I always want to vent, so I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I start pulling it in earlier, so I have babies by the end of July, but mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes, it's, it's, you know, you can't force it, they gotta gain the weight, and giving them doubles like crazy, giving them doubles like crazy, but yeah. We'll see. Are you um, cooling just your adults, or are you cooling down yearlings and stuff too? Or is there what's just the... adults? Okay. Yeah, that's really. I kind of use that time to bump up everything that's not adult. Smaller stuff, right? Yeah. So they kind of get their tender, loving care to grow them up a little bit bigger while mm-hmm. those ones are cooled down. Yeah, last year I started. I cooled down some of the younger ones. They weren't like yearlings, but they were, you know, that two-year mark. Um, just because of the males, I think, yeah, they'll, you know, getting them sort of prepped, I guess, but it also, I breed my own rodents. So it, it gives me more time to, to really load up for the, for when I wake them up and, and things like that. So for me, it's kind of a, just a nice break to off the amount of rodents I'm having to feed off and be able to stock up a little bit. Yeah. I've, I've put some younger males in with them. But some of the females, if they're not ready and you brumate them and bring them up and they're not breeding size, I've had some that have uh, bound on cl- on slugs before. Oh, really? So, and that's always, that always gets me too, because I'll have some females where I'm like, okay, she's not quite big enough. I'm kind of yeah. worried. I'll go until next year. And then she binds on slugs. And I'm like, oh. yeah. 
I should have bred her, so I because I would have had eggs. But then I'm like, well, if you bred her, you would have thought she bound because of that, and you wouldn't mm -hmm. have forgiven yourself either. So, yeah, in the in the Pitchiovis world, uh, a lot of people um, will not brewmate at all if uh, if they don't want the female to breed, if they don't plan on pairing them, because Pitchiovis will get egg bound really easily. Mm -hmm. So I just try to pump anybody that's anywhere near that might be breeding size. I just try and pump them up and. Yeah. If, if they don't make it because of the brumation, that's fine. Then they'll be even better shaped for the following year. Because I'm not, I'm not huge on the 300 gram thing because I think, I mean, I know it's not the same as people, but I'm like, as a 12 year old, that's 200 pounds ready to breed. Right. Um, I think you get more egg binding when they're young and fat. Mm -hmm. Then if they're, if they're 250 and in good shape, they tend to do better, but you can tell if their head's real small, they're not real long, and they're this giant fat 300 gun snake. It, it just doesn't go well. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got Age females that are is the, is the marker. Mm -hmm, me too. Yeah, I've I've got females that are five six years old that I still don't think are 300 grams. They're just small snakes, and, and it's they've bred, they've been good. They've there's there's no issues. They eat fine. They just they're just not getting any more size. I think that, and there's I think honestly, there's going to be a market for that. I find now because the, always the, one of the most popular question besides what do they eat is how big is it going to get? Yeah. And yeah. you know, if I have a big corn on my table, they're like, Oh my God. But then so a lot of the Miami stuff is smaller. A lot of my cinder stuff could be smaller. And then they see that one. I'm like, okay, that one's full grown. And they'll be like, okay, that one's not so bad. Yeah. So I've always thought too, there might be a market for, for the ones that are smaller. Yeah. And I, small. I, mean, I, I really, thoroughly believe that that sort of the standard size for a lot of species that people keep in the hobby is is severely exaggerated compared to what they should be and what they are like natural mm -hmm. history because um, a lot of my stuff is on the smaller side and it's you know a lot of it is because I don't feed the hell out of them you know super regularly super heavy like um maybe I'm, I'm just lazy in that, in that regard, but like, I have some stuff that's, that's two years old. That's pretty small. Um, and could be bigger. Uh, but then I, you know, when I start to wonder if, if maybe I'm not feeding them enough, you know, it's like, are we comparing that to the, to the, what we see online and what people consider the standard size for a two or three year old snake? It's like, is what I'm doing. That drives like, me nuts. The standards. Yeah, and it's like I I don't think there's anything wrong with with stuff being smaller at at for its age than what people say we should have, you know, especially in the corn snake groups in particular. Like some of the snakes that I see on there, it's like I'd be embarrassed if I saw a snake that was that overweight, mm -hmm. yeah. that gross looking, like just and people encourage it. And it bothers me too where you get a new keeper and how should my snake is this bit you know this many years old it should be this big and they have this chart yeah. of what it should be and i'm like right now i have a snake that it's had eight meals and it hatched in the same clutch the egg was really tiny the rest of the eggs were normal sized and i think after eight meals it's tipping three grams wow, oh, wow. And yeah and i'm and its name is itty bitty and it's gonna <laughs> stay here until it could take I mean, it. I have to go through like 200 pinkies to find a pinky now that it can take because I started with heads and stuff. Yeah. But um, this clutch mates are probably 15 grams by now. And wow. same clutch eating the same. So 
I think it, it's just harder because if you get a new keeper and they're saying, oh, my snake is only this big, and then they start power feeding them, and that could be completely, you get a regurge and you're way set back. So, right. Well, it's like um, if I posted some of these two year old snakes in these groups and said, this is a two year old snake, people would be like, you're not feeding that animal enough. That's, uh -huh. yeah. And it's like, this animal's going to live longer than any of the other snakes that I see posted on here. Yeah. yeah. People. Like, get out of here. I'd rather it be, be thinner and leaner. And, and they don't exercise. They don't exercise if they're never looking for food. Right. If the second they can possibly digest something else, you're throwing something in front of them, they never look. So there's just no muscle. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, I keep my males. I, I would say my males are on the, not, they're not thin. They're not thin, but they're, they're structured so well. When you pick those snakes up, you feel the muscles. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know what I mean? You'd look at them, you would never think any of them were thin, right? You don't see their spine. You don't. You, know, you don't see their scales encrusting on the inside, uh, but I, but I, I like you know my, my females too. Sometimes females get a little dilapidated just because of uh, egg bearing and you know uh, laying eggs and, and going through multiple cycles of ovulation and and and, and, and uh, laying eggs. And so uh, it, you know, but but yeah, I, I like man, you could really just tell. And and I'm one of those people that's like I'll have a female uh, pinkalicious was one of them that she laid eggs and she honestly she would have been fine. She bounced back. I could have bred her last year. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll randomly give females the year off, uh, not randomly calculated, give females the year off. If I'm like, you know, you've, you've done a lot of work, you've done this, you've done that, but also I just, man, I'm not loving the way you look. Right. So, right. uh, before brumation, after brumation, uh, I, I'll, I'll make that decision. I really try to not brumate anything I'm not breeding. Uh, and it, kind of that same fear of, of, uh, of man, you're going to ovulate, you're going to, you're going to slug out. And it's just one more thing for me to have to worry about. And that's a good time to beef them up too, is if you have a female that's struggling when everybody else is down, then you can leave her up and just really mm -hmm. bump her up. Oh yeah. Oh, she man, doesn't go. Uh, she doesn't go. Uh, November, January, December is when my, when all my little babies and, and yearlings and grow outs and uh, females that didn't breed really get fed. Just, I wouldn't say fed the best, right? It's not like I'm not feeding these animals, but if I if I miss one or I forgot one or I, oh I didn't thaw out enough damn mice, right? Like that's always the problem, right? You know, you never thaw out the right number. I've, I've never done it. I, I I get these little index cards. I used to keep them stacked up up here uh, on my freezer, and and I would write down exactly how many mice I needed to thaw out every damn time I was wrong. <laughs> every time I was wrong, I've never done it. Is I got a degree in math, right? I don't I don't know how I'm so dumb, right? It's just stop that's counting. Something. Just <laughs> right, force them in there, feed them off, and then figure out what you got left. Yeah, I, I, that's what I do now. Is I'm just like I just go through. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fifty small mice. All right, ten rats. Uh, all right, ten jumbo mice, uh, and a bag of large pinkies, and maybe some hoppers or whatever. And all right, y'all are all gonna eat. We're gonna figure yep. it out. It was, it, there's no difference, right? There's no difference because I've got like, I've got a, a few snakes that I don't feed that heavy that I'm like, ah, you know what? I've got two pinkies left or. A fuzzy left or a, a rat left. I'm like, oh, I'll just give it to you know this female gets and, to two. MBK, our yeah. MBK is always the leftover eater. The female. Yeah. yeah. No well, awesome. problem for her. So you know, uh, you know, you've kind of answered one of the closing questions we usually ask about paw metal and scaleless. But one thing we would really like to ask: uh, What is your personal thoughts on the future of corn snakes? I think that I think it's going to have to be boutique. Like a more boutique market because of what we talked about. You can't have them all. And even in just one more, if there's so many things you could do with one more, if I think there'll be more boutique breeders. But I'm really hoping someone has the time 
and patients to start another registry. Because if we had kept the one, I mean, uh, Chuck Pritzel and his wife had started one and it was great and just couldn't keep it going. But I wish we could because with the genics and so many things we don't know, we could really share each other's information and who got what from reading what. And we would have the numbers to figure things out a little bit more. Yeah, holding so, that lineage, holding that lineage yeah, strong. I wish. And even I know Don um, started a thread on his little um, Facebook forum talking about he, he thinks Miami's might have a more, um, might be more prone to making pinstripes. Mm -hmm. So he's asking for data. And I'm like, okay, maybe when everybody's, when I've sold some babies and everybody's down, I can go through and see what my numbers were. Yeah. If there was a registry, it'd be like, bam. You know, here, let me just pull up and look it up. And here's your numbers to see if that's a fact, you know, if the numbers kind of look like that's fact or not. So I think that would help so much us figure out what we don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying I see it happening. I just something I wish would happen. Um, yeah. Definitely is not something I could take on right now, but um, it'd be nice to see. But I think more boutique breeders, I know. I still, I'm seeing more and more pets and less breeders. Yeah. But, but some people don't mind paying a lot of money for it. I mean, you're going to have this thing 15 to 20 years. Not all really? pets. There's going to be a market that wants your $75 corn snake, but I th think there's a pet market that will still buy a $300 corn snake. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're going to do it. They're going to do it all the way, you know? And I don't yeah. think anybody can have them all anymore. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Eric maybe is the closest. I'm about to say Eric might have everything. He might. He might. Particular morph that you you think needs more attention over time, or that that you would like to lava see. Lava blood red, yeah, I think lava blood blood red's first on my list of getting those back to how they looked originally, and and a lot of them too. The Joe Pierce lines were so red, mm -hmm. and those have just gotten so dispersed. I'm. I, I'm going to probably have to try and collect some of those to start that someday. Um, I was crazy enough to start. I think I kind of dropped it. I'm like, what happens if you do red coat and red factor? Mm -hmm. And I think I that know, would just uh, be a giant headache in a couple of once you have babies. That's definitely keep everybody back. And Yeah, Jeff Bong has some red coat, red factor, lava stuff. Nice. That's, that's pretty crazy looking. I think it's yeah. red coat, red factor, lava... Uh, he's got some diffused in there and some albino mixes. He's got all kinds of goofy oh, stuff. I'd he's love to see it because so, I think that's what the world needs. <laughs> it's so damn red. It's it, He's got pure red. Oh, and he's cherry got some that are too, also right? Yeah. yeah. Cherry is, uh, I think, red factor, albino, line bread, old uh, Don Soderberg line, I think. Mm -hmm. I think so too. It's yeah. tough to remember all of this stuff. There's so much. And then the more you get uh, infatuated with it, the more you enamor yourself with it, the harder it is to really grasp all of it, right? Like yeah. like you said, having that kind of like pedigree system where you really know everything you have and you know that lineage uh, would just leaps and bounds. And the yeah. more, you, I mean, the more we learn, the more we find out what we don't know. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's just, I mean, that's always like when I read posts, I always know like who's beginner and who's been here a while when they're like, this is always like this and this is always like that. Um, no, we don't know it all. No. Yeah, just tip, tip of the iceberg right now, I think is what we know.
yeah, definitely starting this show for us, you know, 20, 21 episodes in, just everybody we talked to, there's more questions, more quandaries, more conundrums, more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More and thoughts. if we could all share our data, you know. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Well, if people want to get in touch or follow what you are doing, where's the best place for them to do that? Um, Messenger on Facebook. Carol, I do the Carol Huddleston one more often than Low Belly, just because it's more active. Yeah. Um, my email, real easy, Carol at Low Belly Reptiles. <laughs> um, sometimes though, my spam blocker stuff will get lost. So if you haven't heard from me for after a couple of days, then shoot me a messenger or. Or shoot both accounts. Here you go. Absolutely. Yep. And websites lowbellyreptiles.com. And you be think, sure to ignore me when I message you probably tonight asking about weirdo stuff and what you have available. <laughs> <laughs> I do not need more snakes. Yeah, I have some that I think almost everything that I have posted has sold, but I have some that I'm like, oh, I have, I, I find them. <laughs> I think if I, I, I think I hide them from myself because I think I want to keep it. And then the next thing I know, it's feeding day. And I'm like, I've come across four of these now. Yeah. I so. <laughs> so. <sighs> well, we really, really appreciate you coming on. This Absolutely. Was, uh, Thank you so much. So you were you were the very top of the list of, of people we definitely wanted to have on at some point. So I'm glad we made it happen. Well, thanks for putting up with me for two hours. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Wonderful episode. And, and, and hopefully, uh, maybe maybe in time, maybe another year or so, uh, we'll have you on. We'll catch back up where you're at and what we've kind of found uh, with some of these lineages you're working with and, and, and what they what, what things are kind of uh, turning into. It's awesome. Love it. Cool. This episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Use code THN to check out. Get yourself something nice. Silent Hill Reptiles, SilentHillReptiles.com. Go hunt down JT, see what he's got for sale. He's got a lot. Who knows? I don't. I'm, I have a feeling his his next season is going to be pretty light. Whether he, well, he's going to say it's going to be light, whether it actually will be or not. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows what he's going to do? Uh, and then FulviusApparel.com. Uh, also use the code THN at checkout, fifteen percent off for THN listeners and viewers like you. We will be back tomorrow night for Snakes and Stogies number 180-something, I think. Um, I believe. I don't know. Phil should be back, so we'll we'll see. But uh, either way, we appreciate you, everybody. Have a good evening. Have a good one. Thank you.